You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. This is the Thunder Quack Podcast. The official podcast of Thunder Quack Podcast Network where anything can happen. So strap yourselves in and hold on to your butts. It's Thunderquack time! Hello and welcome back to the Thunderquack podcast, the official podcast of Thunderquack.com, which you can get early every Tuesday on Patreon. Dot com, or you can wait and get it free every Friday on podcast services across the galaxy. This week, we're going to be talking about The Force Awakens and uh, ranking it. But uh, before we do that, I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen. And I'm your other host, Amanda Gunkin. Uh, yeah, so we've been going through Star Wars. Yeah. And we're finally into the sequel stuff. Woohoo! Um, and uh, it was exciting. I actually... I actually sat down and watched it this week. I as as we were going through them, I, I had said like I didn't watch the original trilogy. I didn't really feel like I needed to. <laughs> I did watch the prequels because yeah. I really needed that refresher. Yeah. But um, watching the Force Awakens, I was like, oh, I don't think I needed to watch this one either. Yeah. Um, yeah. I definitely do need to watch the Last Jedi, sort of with this context. But with the Force Awakens, I was like, I know this movie backwards and forwards. For when I was when I was putting it on because it basically as soon as we finished the prequels i yeah. remember like having to need a palate cleanser and then watching the force awakens so i've watched it very recently yeah and was like oh i wonder if i got through the whole thing did i get through the whole thing and then so i went to go just resume i was like i'll just see and where i'm resuming and it was like at the lucas like the opening credits yeah and i was like oh i guess i did watch the whole thing through and i was like well i've already got it on i might as well just watch it again so yeah, i yeah. totally did which I don't. I can't do that with a lot of different movies where I like watch it like no. that consecutively. But it's so fun. It's I just, oh, it's so fun. Such a good movie. It's yeah. so so good. And it's just light um, and, and yeah, yeah. It's just, just like it's just kind like of like popcorn, like snack. It's like a like a popcorn film. Well, I just think it's so perfectly Star Wars. But yeah. we'll uh, we'll get into detail on that. But before we do, let's let's jump into an email. I uh, this one comes from Sam. And Sam says, what's up, Mike and Amanda? So I heard you talking about Keanu Reeves getting a role in a Marvel movie. I was wondering whether you want this to happen, which I totally do, and or which role do you think would best fit him? Also, uh, what's your favorite of Keanu's movies? Uh, Keep up the great show. And that's from Sam Bunkowski. Sam, yeah, Keanu in the MCU. So one of the the things that we had talked about really, really briefly was that – uh, Kevin Feige had said that basically they want Keanu in a Marvel movie, but they're trying to figure out what the right role is. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so they've talked to him about a few things um, and nothing has quite fit. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of stuff coming up. There's a lot of uh, uh, new characters, obviously, that are accessible now with the Fox deal. So uh, I imagine it'll end up being one of those. Oh, um, yeah for me i would love to see him the thing about keanu reeves is that i really like him when he's kind of unexpected oh yeah um and 
one of the things that I love about the MCU, uh, I won't get into any spoilers about Far From Home, but I'll just say that one of the great things that they do with this version of Spider-Man is every movie that he's shown up in, they've done one thing to deviate from classic Spider-Man. And then the rest of it is like... Classic Spider-Man. It's classic Spider-Man, right? That's cool. So um, uh, at the end of, of Homecoming, mm-hmm. I, they have, like at the very end, like the mm-hmm. last, last scene, they have the reveal of Aunt May discovering that Peter is Spider-Man, oh, which right. is different from the comics, right? right? yeah. Um, and then obviously that, uh, this isn't spoilers because it's in the trailers and everything, but uh, that plays into the story in Far From Home. And instead of it being um, Aunt May always worried about, like, like they could have done a very sort of stock, mm-hmm. boring, cliche story of, like, oh, I'm so worried about you. Oh, your uncle died, and now yeah. I don't want you to die. Like, they could have done that story, but instead they have her, like, being his biggest supporter. Well, I and, didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, it's like it's in it's in a couple of the trailers, I mean, right, like okay. like where she's like introducing Spider Man and oh, stuff like nice. that. Okay, cool. And uh, and and there's a in the international trailer they had a scene where she's like, right, "Don't forget to take your suit oh, right, on yeah, his yeah. trip, yeah, right?" Yeah, and yeah. he's like, and he goes like, oh, "I don't want to." Oh right, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, so I like I I love that they do that with Spider Man because obviously everybody knows Spider Man so well. Like, let's skip the origin story let's skip the stuff that we know backwards and forwards and then on top of that let's throw in this piece to to shake things up and this piece to shake things up and um uh my hope is that going into um the fantastic four have already had two incarnations so let's do something different with them um and then the x-men obviously have had what it's like seven movies or eight movies yeah or something so like many that. so many um i mean if you count all the well wolverine ones yeah. it's even more um so let's let's shake that story up as well and do something completely different um which they already did with the x-men ones i mean <laughs> yeah. first class was the attempt to do that and then brian singer somehow got back in there <laughs> and just turned it back into his movies again <laughs> i don't know I don't know how that happened. Like it, it, it was like, I uh, because I think it's I think it's Matthew Vaughn came in and did First Class, and it was like, oh, awesome, breath of fresh air. This movie has a couple of problems, but it's so much closer to X Men than those mm-hmm. other movies were. Like, wow, what a what a great step forward. This is a this is a really great direction. And then he comes in with Days of Future Past, and is like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but remember all of the characters from my X-Men movie? I'm like, yeah, really great casting. Terrible stories, though. (laughs) Terrible, terrible stories. What was Magneto's plan the first time? To turn people into jellyfish or something? I don't know. Um, Yeah, no, it's a... Magneto, he should be be more clever than that, but... um, (laughs) And he should, it's, yeah, it's just, they're not good X-Men movies. So my hope is that they come in, what I would really love to see, because I actually, I want to see John Krasinski as Reed Richards, the leader of the Fantastic Four. That's been like sort of the fan casting for a long time. And I feel like that is pitch perfect, that he'd be a great like scientist. And I can see him and 
my my other hope for this stuff is that spider-man will be in the first fantastic four movie because spider-man and the fantastic four have history oh interesting um and i could see john krasinski and tom holland having great chemistry on screen of like uh and and spider-man's kind of now he's he's in the market for a Mm -hmm. new uh science (laughs) bro yeah yeah yeah. to 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 uh to geek out with and and that sort of thing so i think it could be a really cool Mm -hmm. dynamic with Mm -hmm. the two of them what I would really love to see with Keanu is Professor X. Interesting. Because it would go so counter to Patrick Stewart and James McAvoy. And even though like James McAvoy's portrayal of Professor X is very different from Patrick Stewart's, but they are meant to be the same character, mm-hmm. just on two alternate timelines. Yeah. Um, and if certain things hadn't happened in Days of Future Past, that James McAvoy actual, character would yeah. have ended up being the same character, yeah. right? Um, but to come in and do something so totally different with that character and have Keanu Reeves just like play a young ish, um, but sort of like edgy and a little bit like a little bit dangerous Hmm. Professor X to have, I think Professor X and Magneto a little bit more on even ground of like, because Professor X in the classic portrayal, which most people are going to go with the 90s cartoon series, mm-hmm. they see sort of a, a wise old man in mm-hmm. a wheelchair, in a hover chair, mm-hmm. right? But in the comics, Professor X is a very complex, very dark, very uh, uh, sort of tortured individual. Um, he has the ability to see into everyone's thoughts essentially on the planet especially when he uses cerebro so he kind of he understands the worst right parts worst of humanity. parts of human nature yeah. but he also understands the best parts right mm-hmm. so that's i think where where that dichotomy of the x-men are such a weird concept because it's like well how are we going to defend mutant kind against other mutants as yeah. well as humans, yeah. well, we're going to create a fighting force, a paramilitary <laughs> organization with teenagers, right. right? Like, it's so it's so weird. <laughs> it's such an odd thing that, like, Patrick Stewart was pitch-perfect casting, right? Like, I mean, like, that's when they were like, we'll make a live-action X-Men. Everybody's like, well, it's got to be Patrick Stewart. He's so good, yeah. Um, and he is so good. Him and Ian McKellen across from each other. It's mm-hmm, such mm-hmm. perfect dynamic. Mm-hmm. And then even McAvoy and Fassbender in First Class is also like the chemistry there. That scene, that scene with the two of them and uh, when they're looking out at the radar dish and and Uh he goes into his mind and uh, and they because because Magneto's been using anger to fuel his powers. And then uh, uh, Charles goes into his mind and finds that memory of the the Hanukkah candles with his with his mother and his grandmother, I think. Like it's his family, right? Like it's this it's this cherished memory of family that he had basically repressed and forgotten because of World War Two. And uh, and then they come out of it and they're both crying. I forgot about and, that. Yeah. And and I uh, I uh, and Professor X is like, I didn't know that was I, I didn't know you had that inside you and mm-hmm. and uh, and Magneto is like I I'd forgotten like yeah, I yeah. I thought that I had lost that forever and yeah. it's like that that great connection between the two of them and then the next three movies just destroy any of that build up it's <laughs> so awful um 
yeah, because that moment is like sort of like the heart of those two characters. Did you watch Dark Phoenix? <laughs> no, I don't need to see that movie in order to know that it's a train wreck. Um, no, I saw the trailers. I mean, any movie that gets delayed by like six months is not, no. that's not, not going to be it's a good so thing. It's so funny to watch it though, where you're just like, you can see what, what happened to it. Mm-hmm. Like it's one of those great like to dissect it and to sort of be like, yeah, it's it, these things. That it's is like, one of those things. Having gone through film school, you yeah. watch a bunch of movies that you watch great movies, right? Yeah. Like film screenings, classes, uh, Mackenzie Gray, who everybody might know as that evil Kryptonian mm-hmm. uh, yeah. scientist from Man of Steel, as well as the the crazy Lex Luthor clone mm-hmm. from Smallville and a million other things across uh uh, a genre TV that gets filmed and mm-hmm. movies that get filmed in Vancouver. Yeah. Um, he was my film screenings uh, uh, instructor. Mm-hmm. wasn't really a professor. Uh, and uh, and we would watch great films mm-hmm. and then discuss what makes them great. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's equally as important in film school to watch train wrecks yeah. and go, what happened? Yeah, what is like, it let's that, talk yeah, about yeah. this. Like, let's go into it. Let's yeah. dig in and figure out where did this movie go wrong? Because I think that that's the more important lesson. And so I'm sure I will watch Dark Phoenix eventually, but I will watch Dark Phoenix when it is free. So yeah, on Netflix fair. when it's like somewhere that you yeah. can actually like pay attention to it. Yeah, I will. I will say it is. It is. Uh, yeah, it's 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 mostly based in characters. And just like when you take these characters and you just make them completely different than what they were. Like that, it goes completely against their character. Where you're like, it makes no sense yeah. that Beast would be acting like that. That so makes no sense. I did. I know this. I know the whole plot of the movie because I did listen to the kind of funny in review mm-hmm. for Dark Phoenix. Knowing I'm not gonna watch that movie anytime right. soon. I'll just listen to this and see what they have to say. Um, and uh, I don't. I I'm not. I don't remember who said it on that. I think it might have been Tim Geddes who said it. Um, it was either him or. Maybe it was, I think it might have been Andy Cortez, actually. Um, these movies don't respect the themselves enough for the audience to respect them. And that's the thing is that, like, when First Class comes out and the only nod that it gives... Yeah, there's two nods, I guess, because it, it uses a little bit of Magneto's backstory to set the stage for his character. Mm-hmm. Um but it but without interfering with anything from the future movies or the past, like it doesn't yeah, it, it, sort it of, just sort of does its own thing yeah. but it realizes that it's in the same world as it and then the wolverine cameo mm-hmm. right yeah like it does those two things and i guess mystique is in there but kind of retcons all of that but yeah. um it kind of it, it allows itself to exist in its own space where it doesn't mm-hmm. need to be connected to the mm-hmm. originals um and that was that was so genius and then and then when Brian Singer gets involved again with Days of Future Past, that whole movie is just an attempt t- for him to go like, no, no, my movies were good too. Mm-hmm. Don't I didn't do X three. It's not my fault that they went to crap. And then try and yeah, I'm so squish it I, I'm so in. biased though. I really like Days of Future Past, but it's I think it's just me because I like just the tone of that movie yeah. and I and I like the way that they use characters in a new way. Like I just think it was I don't know. It just it, for me Days of Future Past. It's like it it is exactly what i said like it's the the movies don't respect themselves enough for mm. me to respect them Fair. and days of future past is one of i would say like the top 3 x-men stories of all oh, time oh okay see right? yeah i have no i have no like 
And Days of Future Past stars Shadowcat, Kitty Pride. Right. Right? Yeah. She's the one who goes back in time. Yeah, that was weird that they replaced it with Wolverine. And they replaced it with Wolverine because Brian Singer had an infatuation with Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. And the studio has an infatuation with Wolverine. And it's that's where I like Marvel Studios wouldn't do that. Mm. right like they might so they keep it to the yeah yeah they take stories and they reinterpret them but they take inspiration from mm-hmm. they would never uh call it days of future past and then change the lead character to the old white guy right yeah because right? they reflect they respect it too much because at its core yeah. it's built around yeah something very substantive. it's it's like it's like so captain marvel is a really great example of them doing the exact opposite right captain marvel was originally a man He's a, a Cree soldier, that Marvel, mm-hmm. and not only did they choose to make the Captain Marvel film about Carol Danvers, mm-hmm. but then they retconned the character of Marvel, and made oh, Marvel Annette Benning. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's which, so cool. Like, yeah. that's so counter to the source material, but in a positive direction. Yeah. Like, not yeah. they didn't do that because. Uh, because it was going to make them more money to make that choice. They did that because it was right for the story. Yeah, it right? made sense that there was this. Yeah, yeah. So they they created this dynamic with Marvel. And, Plus, Annette Bening is awesome. Yeah, like so. Um, it, it it's just that's the thing. Marvel Studios, Kevin Feige in particular, respects that stuff. He reveres that stuff so much that it's all you know. It's always going to be treated mm-hmm. with with dignity, right? And the changes that they're going to make are more than likely going to be changes for the better, yeah. right? Um, but then with the Fox stuff, it's just like, what can we do to cram as much money-making potential into this film as possible? Yeah. And that's where it goes wrong. Even even the way that Sony approaches stuff with the Spider-Man property um, and the stuff that they still have access to, like making Venom, they... I believe after having seen that movie and going into that movie, I was one of the most vocal, like, oh, this is stupid. You can't Mm -hmm. have Venom without Spider-Man. And then after seeing the movie, I was like, oh, they approached this with the absolute best intentions of like, we have this property. We think it can be successful. Mm -hmm. Let's try and make a movie about Venom Mm -hmm. without Mm Spider-Man. How do we do that? Let's solve that problem. And and ultimately, I think that they actually pulled it off. I I really really liked Venom. I watched it through seats when I was on the plane when yeah. other people were watching it with the subtitles on. That's yeah. how I watched Venom because I just saw pieces of it. It seems enjoyable enough. Uh, it's a very fun, very <laughs> yeah. silly superhero movie. Yeah. It's um, I think the cool thing about Venom is that it it much like Venom was counterculture at the time in the early nineties of mm-hmm. like. I, I, all the superheroes were very, very superhero-y, right? right like, yeah. they all kind of had the same physique. They all yeah. had the same look. Um, especially if Jim Lee or Todd McFarlane were drawing them, they literally all had the same faces, just with different hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then here comes Eddie Brock and Venom as, like, this counter to Spider-Man, where, like, Spider-Man's heroic, and he's a good guy, and he always does the right thing, and he's never bad, mm-hmm. and he's, you know, all that sort of thing. And then here's Venom, and he's like, 
Venom is badass and he'll bite people's heads off. And he's <laughs> so it's like right now when all of our heroes, except for maybe the MCU stuff, but even with the MCU stuff, there's a few of them in there that it's like they're kind of edgier versions. They're they're everything else, like yeah. especially with the DC stuff, the X-Men stuff. It's like everything's like it's so cool. <laughs> everything's so awesome, so rad and all the heroes are anti-heroes. Even <laughs> Superman's an anti-hero in the DC movies. And then here comes Venom, the original like yeah. poster boy for anti-hero superhero comics. And uh, and it's the movie is ridiculous. Like it's silly slapstick comedy for most of it. And then it gets into like the grandiose superhero stuff towards the end. But even when it's doing that, it's still there's still so much humor infused to it, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, you can't. You, they get it. They got yeah, it. Like yeah, Venom is supposed to be counter to, to whatever, whatever the current thing yeah. is, so the Venom movie thumbs its nose at all superhero movies. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, yep, you guys figured it sure. out. It's still a shame that it's not connected to Spider-Man in some way, but I, I, I don't know. I have hope that they can wreck on that, but. What what's your favorite Keanu movie? Yeah, I was gonna say because I don't know enough to predict like what I would like him in. Although yeah. I do think it would be interesting because he he always plays these such like wholesome people that it's like hard to have. I mean, mind you, I haven't watched John Wick, but the idea of like him playing someone that you actually wind up not liking because but then you like get on their side, but who is like definitively a villain? Yeah, I think is kind of interesting because he would make you he would make a sympathetic villain. I think is interesting. Um, my I mean, classic though, Matrix man. Like that's he just because it was so it was so iconic for like my like my science fiction awakening was yeah. like that so much based on the Matrix. That was the first film I ever made myself was that 67 second like Matrix. Yeah. yeah. Like um, contest for the radio or whatever. That was like what I thought of when I moved out to Vancouver and like made my first little thing. It was like the Matrix. But um, I mean, speed is where I first like like sort of saw Keanu and like mm-hmm. he was I wasn't a Bill and Ted person that was like See, before I, my time like I go straight to Bill and Ted but yeah. to Bill and Ted's bogus journey which is yeah, the second one true. and which is I I think I think by a lot of people on the internet for mm-hmm. some reason is considered the worst of the two movies <laughs> um I think that they're both like good bad right like <laughs> yeah. like intentionally so they're yeah. both supposed to be B movies mm-hmm. um as about two, you know, stoner <laughs> rock and roll yeah, they're not teenagers that travel through time and space. Uh, yeah, no, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey is, like, formative for me. It's one of those movies that, like, when I think of it, I think of being, like, I don't know, I guess, like, seven or eight years old. Right, and and uh, like, renting it or watching right. it on TV. And, uh, and, and so many references in that movie mm-hmm. that uh, they are things that that um like concepts that i was introduced to ideas with that movie oh interesting cool um like the idea of when they get to heaven and it's not just human beings like there are other sentient beings from from like so station is one of the characters that they meet and station are these two little aliens but they're they're two aliens but they're one being i have never seen bill and ted's oh, journey they die that's okay. the thing is oh, that like in the first one they travel through time yeah. and meet historical figures in the second one they die 
Interesting. Um, and they go to want to watch this. They now. go to hell and then have to get out of hell. Interesting. In order to. Oh my to god, they just sound so ridiculous. That's such a ridiculous concept. I love it. it they're phenomenally great movies. Um, <laughs> I'll have to. I'll have to go and watch. Yeah, it. and and they go to heaven and they meet. They meet Station, who is an alien from another planet. Yeah. Uh, that is, and it's like this weird sci-fi concept of like it's two these two little hairy, big-nosed, like sort of like troll-looking alien things. They're grotesque-looking. They're disgusting, yeah. but they're also kind of adorable. Um, and but they're one consciousness oh, between cool. the two of them. Nice. And it's like I'm like like my little eight-year-old brain was like, what is all of this? Like I just trying to incorporate all of those ideas right, of like into one thing. Yeah. Okay, it's heaven. <laughs> Everybody is in heaven, like like live like like uh, ancient whatever like yeah. uh, historical figures and blah blah blah. But then like also aliens would be in heaven too. Mm-hmm. I guess so if heaven is a real thing and aliens were also real, that good <laughs> aliens would go to heaven, wouldn't they? Doesn't that? And it's like right. yeah. So for make a, your brain think about it for a yeah. little kid to be like but like what? And then on top of it, it's hilarious. So like you're, it's one of those things where I I always I always say like if you can be entertaining. Yeah. people will learn things right through yeah. through an Instead entertaining story rather than yeah. just trying to be educational yeah. about something so like that's one of those things that like got me to think about some really high concept philosophy yeah without realizing that that's what i was doing on this jumping on this keanu train it was yeah. really great i follow the cbc and some other things and they dredged up some classic keanu like cbc tapes yeah which is really great he had some sort of Speaking of educational, he had some sort of educational thing where he totally talks, but in like a radical way, like because yeah. it's the it's like the like eighties, and he's yeah. like, but it is really great. I would just say the best part about Keanu Reeves is that people constantly forget that he's Canadian, and it's yeah, just yeah, like yeah. it's like hard to forget. I will say also too for the Matrix that Carrie Ann Moss was also Canadian, yep. and I think that, that movie having two Canadians it like would almost qualify for Capco. <laughs> like, <laughs> Um, if only they had shot it here, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, cool. Um, yeah. Keanu Man, Reeves. We talked so much about Keanu. Thank you greatest. for that email. Well, we talked a lot about the X Men as well. <laughs> yeah, but, that's fair. I. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, let's jump into some news. I the Mulan teaser came out. Did yeah, you watch it? What I did. do you think? I mean, I'm excited. I didn't the teaser. Because all the teasers are different in different ways. The mm-hmm. teaser told me nothing about all the things they're not including in the Mulan yeah. movie. So I found out about it, like, not having Mushu and all that stuff from, like, the people talking about it on yeah. the internet. So, I mean, as a fan of Asian historical dramas, I am, yeah. uh, like, intensely drawn to the overall concept of Mulan. It's the first one, I think, that we're getting that is not a remake. It is a reimagining. And yeah. I think that that's the difference in what we're thinking about for this like era of Disney remakes. This won't be a remake. It'll be a reimagining. Whereas everything else has very much been a remake. Like Aladdin yeah. was a remake. Cinderella was a remake. Beauty and the Beast. Like there's nothing yeah. really that distinguishes them aside from the fact that they're live action from the original Disney classics. And Mulan, I think, will be the first one. That there will, will or will not be songs. I've been hearing that there will not be songs. Yeah. So, so like I so Mulan is uh, in my top five interesting disney animated features and i uh, like visually it's one of the most amazing ones i mean it's it's from that era which is uh, i mean mulan and tarzan came out right after one right after the other um 
it's sort of in the era of when they were figuring out how CG works into the 2D stuff right. and they hadn't yeah, moved yeah. into full CG yet. Um, and obviously they perfected it with Tarzan, which is one of the reasons why Tarzan is my favorite. Tarzan is 3D? No, they perfected oh, the melding the integration. of 2D okay, and I was like, 3D. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So there's a lot of 3D in Tarzan mm-hmm. and it's all the backgrounds, right? Mm-hmm. All, all, all of the, the, the background and foreground elements and everything are all cg um uh with the way that they did it in that one is they basically created the models and then they had the background painters basically paint on the 3d models Mm -hmm. so uh they're amazing special features that have not been re-released they were on like there was like a crazy special edition dvd that had like it was like three discs back when that a was three a disc deal. DVD yeah, yeah. was a really like, big deal. Yeah. Um, and there were hours and hours of footage on it of them going into the process of how they made it. None of that stuff's made it onto the Blu-rays. But uh, Mulan was very similar. Uh, it, like it, they're they're it's ninety eight and then ninety nine, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Mulan had had some of the best CG at that time. Um, so like the the avalanche and stuff like that that whole scene is full of cg i like am so mad at younger me for not because now working in the field and being like now i can recognize it when i watch it but i haven't gone back and watched mulan since i've been working in animation so i don't know to notice those things because the only thing i have watched since is going back and watching beauty and the beast enchanted christmas and being like what is this 3d element in this 2d movie and because now i can see it but now i want to go back and rewatch mulan beauty and the beast was the first one to have a 3d element in it and it's the the ballroom the piano yeah the 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 fian the tim curry's character no no no. oh you in, mean in actual in the beauty original and the beauty and the oh, beast okay. the the ballroom for uh like the title song for right, beauty okay. and the beast is the like that whole sequence is 3d except okay. for the characters oh good to know yeah um yeah and so everything kind of beauty and the beast aladdin like everything from beauty and the beast forward has at least one element in it so in aladdin it's the 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 cave of wonders is 3d like his like the oh, face oh yeah the, that the makes total head. sense and yeah, then yeah, inside yeah. it when they're escaping uh, the lava is all is all um 3d elements. 3D elements and then in the lion king it's the wildebeest stampede oh, um cool. yeah and then, uh, well maybe not everything has something i'd have to go through it because what's after the lion king i don't pocahontas know. yeah i don't know i it's been so long since I've watched Pocahontas. Oh, I love Pocahontas. So that was one of my favorites as a kid. My hope like, is that is that with like that they're going to go in two directions with this. That mm-hmm. you've got the like you're saying you've got the Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, Lion King. Mm-hmm. That are all remake remakes. It's like mm-hmm. oh these are live action versions of the mm-hmm. original movies. And then I hope that with Mulan they can take Mulan. They can take the Hunchback of Notre Dame. They can take oh, yeah. uh, Tarzan. Uh, and Pocahontas, and they can go in a different direction with them and do something that's a little bit more like, historical, but still have some of that Disney magic in it. Like, like I really hope that that's the thing that I would worry about is that you remove mm-hmm. the fantastical creatures, you remove the music. Mm-hmm. At what, like, what makes this a Disney movie now? Right? Yeah, right? Yeah. Like now, it's just if it's just a historical drama about yeah what makes it disney right yeah Yeah, what makes it disney like where's the where's where is the disney magic in it that's not to say that they can't still have disney magic in that story but i like it's very beautiful and Mm -hmm. it's obviously a very uh important story to 
to retell now and it was an important story in 1998 to tell my friends but we were talking about it yesterday at brunch and they made us google it but he was like it's like one paragraph of text and we're like no it's not it's more than that and then my mm-hmm. friend was like oh it's a page like he like looked it up it's like yeah. the original story is only a page yeah. so the idea of going back to source material really there wasn't a ton there and so melding the two of them well it's folklore right but, so yeah, like it's there's like, it's like like the written text is one page but, but then there like are other stories yeah. that like yeah. that people tell about yeah. mulan right um the thing for me for mulan is that it never was a musical one for me like i the song let's get down to business or whatever that one make a man make out a of man you. out of you yeah so is really one of the only disney songs that i constantly listen to like on yeah. rotation because it's just like it always gets stuck in my head because yeah. every time somebody says let's get down to business you automatically yeah. have to sing to the song the Huns. Yeah. um so it's the only one that i really know and then reflection yeah. because of the uh, christina aguilera thing that yeah. it was like her song but i i don't think that what about I true to your miss... heart sung by nsync and stevie wonder no i would see i wouldn't miss I any of the other songs in mulan yeah so when i think of mulan i don't think of the songs oh, so that's really? the one thing where i'm kind of like it actually will be okay oh, for me. A girl worth fighting for is such a great song too. Oh, that's a cute one, but it's, it's again, it's not, a, it's not a thing. That but I that's like. it. They, they, that's the thing is that um, that movie has a very specific turning point, and it's literally at the end of that song. And mm-hmm. it's in, even when you listen to the soundtrack version of it, it's in the song, oh, okay. where it's like they're they're marching off to battle like right yeah and then it becomes lyric. like a yeah and it's it's like do 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 it's like all happy and everybody's yeah. singing their song about these pretty girls yeah. that they got back home um and mulan has her one line of like what about a girl who speaks her mind and then they're like nah um yeah. and uh and then the like they're going into the end of the song mm-hmm. and they come around the corner in the oh, past and they, see, and they, they yeah. see the village that's been destroyed by the yeah. Huns. And that's when the movie switches and then there's no songs in the rest of the movie until the very end. And then we get right. true to your heart uh, at the, at the very end over basically over the credits. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's because like, it's at that point that it's like, Oh yeah, that's right. The Huns are conquering China and yeah. they've murdered this entire village. Yeah. And, Mulan picks up a little doll that clearly belonged to a child and it's like yeah that kid is dead yeah this is like this Disney movie just got real real dark (laughs) real fast um and whenever I watch it I'm always kind of like even though I know it's coming I'm always shocked at that point that's where I'm a little bit worried of like if you're starting in a historical drama place when you get to that scene it's a different it's like a like like what's this movie gonna be rated pg-13 um Ooh, probably yeah so i'll be a little bit worried but um yeah. but i don't know that much about it i'm just i'm kind of like excited i don't know about like the actual casting or anything like that really aside yeah. from like the trailer and what people have sort of been talking about um like i don't know if mushu for sure isn't in it that's i but don't know that it's i don't think it's official announced. but i just know that people are contemplating that yeah they won't be in it yeah. Ooh, this is interesting. When you look at the casting, it really is only. I can only find. What who, what is Donnie Yen in it? Do you know? Uh, I think he's. Does he not Shen? Who's playing Shen? Oh, maybe I love Donnie Yen. I'm very excited. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know who any of them are, but because I, I I haven't really looked at the casting that much for yeah. it. I've just sort of. Um, just watch the trailer uh, a pro tip for people who are fans of mulan look up the in in the chinese version uh jackie chan voiced shen 
and uh Interesting. and Jackie Chan is also a pop star in China, right? Uh like he's got he has like 10 albums or something like that and they're all like award-winning like like top 10 like like billboard whatever the chinese billboard this very good looking man is chen <laughs> okay um who, who is this that yeah it's fun sorry i went down a rabbit hole that's all right who's uh, sketch i don't know and poe and ling poe poe and ling poe is the fat one and no oh the like the funky His, like the other three soldiers right. which one's poe and which one's ling i don't know yeah ling is the skinny one Okay. Poe is the big fat Buddha looking one. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, it's, what is it? Sketch? Sketch, yeah. He must be the, the Harvey Firestein, the the short, gruff looking one with the squinty eye. Maybe. Um, but there's a, so there's a version of uh, Make a Man Out of You sung by Jackie Chan, and it is far superior the downside is that it is it's in mandarin or something like it's See, it, like he, so i don't know like i can't sing along to it but uh but he's 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 actually a very very good singer it's uh it's kind of weird because we know think of him as i'm martial arts i'm, master I'm going down the rabbit hole of, of filmography right now i'm trying yeah. to hold my phone away from the i should just flag people like if i'm using my phone if that's causing feedback let me know I'm trying to be really good about like not messing yeah. up the microphones. I just do want everybody to know that Mike totally blamed me for the feedback. And I, he didn't, said I, wasn't I didn't blame to you. I was, it was specifically <laughs> on your microphone. Okay, fine. And the only thing that we could imagine is that it was probably me just texting during the podcast. It was likely so a cause of interference. Yes. Probably. I mean, I would also blame me. It makes a lot of sense that that's what it would be. Yeah. But anyways, I'm not texting right now. I'm looking up the cast of Mulan. That's it's fine. totally relevant um, for the podcast. But wait, Donnie Chen isn't in when I actually click on it. Donnie Yen, sorry. He's just in the in the first overview when I Google it. Maybe he's not in it. Anyways, I okay. know nothing. Uh, title of this podcast. Um, <laughs> sorry. But anyways, Mulan, overall, it'll be interesting to see where it evolves to. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, and they, they play these so close to the vest. Like yeah. with Lion King, we... T- Still haven't even really seen all that much and it comes out next week it's getting very very poor reviews and i'm disappointed about that oh, but, um, because people probably aren't expecting it to be just the lion king in 3d animation uh, it, that's uh, what it will be from the clips that i have seen it's very sterile yeah it's, it's like, very like like it's real lions yeah it looks like a real lion that they've just made lip sync yeah to donald glover and it's like it's not behaving in an animated fashion it's not there's not really a lot of character coming through it's not really emoting and that's but the thing you're saying that is if like yeah of course but they like john favreau made jungle book a few years ago and it was not like that Mm, like all of the characters in that movie were very expressive like it was Mm. it, it like jungle book is fantastic so i don't understand why this one has such a sort of like there's a reverence for this that there doesn't have on jungle book uh, no that's how you feel because you are a 90s kid <laughs> I mean, that's, and I you mean, think that and you think that they started making disney movies at the little mermaid <laughs> but to animation fans as well as to people who are older yeah. than 30 the jungle book is a classic yeah, okay. and it is very very highly regarded <laughs> it's one of the best animated features by disney by okay. a long shot um 
and it's also Rudyard Kipling's story is like it's a classic piece of literature. So, okay. yeah, no, I think that <laughs> I think that actually the Jungle Book probably deserves more respect than The Lion King, which is a bastardization of Hamlet. Okay. So, fair. Um, and like, come on, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, like, oh, best. You're hurting all my childhood no. right now. Um, you know who I just found on on Twitter was Devin Sawa because he was saying something sassy about a uh, about liberals. Yeah. <laughs> or about conservatives i don't know something it was good and then i was like hey devin sawa existed and his uh anyways it, it's it's interesting to see people that were like yeah i don't know what jonathan taylor thomas is doing right now but i feel uh, like he disappeared it would be interesting to follow yeah. him i think he intentionally disappeared i don't think well, that probably. he i don't think his career fell apart i'm pretty sure that he decided to retire from yeah. acting yeah. but um let's move on to the next piece of news uh the sith trooper was revealed last week um and i i you may people may have missed this it, it was basically revealed as an exclusive for comic-con that there are going to be like action figures and stuff that are going to be available at comic-con but this is a a new stormtrooper that's in the rise of skywalker and it's a uh, the the name is the most important part the way like it looks really cool it's it's a red it's a red stormtrooper storm it looks really cool it's literally exactly what it sounds like well no i mean like again to you but like <laughs> i'm not an art person i know I'm to sorry. a real star wars fan hey, to a real star hey. wars fan uh, that, that, you that can tell pointedly make fun of my lack of art skills it, well can, i Whatever. if i put up a stormtrooper a scout trooper a snow trooper yes and a i can clone tell trooper, the difference between those could you yes are you sure i mean maybe not clone trooper versus stormtrooper but definitely the other one so to people who actually care about that stuff it is a very nice looking stormtrooper i can definitely tell the difference armor. between the other ones okay well the, the new armor is vastly different from any other okay stormtrooper that's come before it like it's 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 a very new design so sorry um, what's the stormtrooper clone trooper what did i say i mean like you want me to list through all of them there are how many troopers there, are are there are like 30 different types really at this point. okay yeah. i couldn't label 30 different types of i mean like there are like 30 different types but of i could clone say like alone. that's the one that's in jedi and that's the one that's in hoth and that's the one that's in because there is like a winter one right yes snowtroopers <laughs> snowtroopers that yeah. one yeah see that's what you said yeah um anyways i I, so it's a new it's a new set of armor that looks great but uh the the notable part is the name is that they're they're sith Sith troopers i don't understand isn't sith this very specific kind of like anti-jedi well exactly and what does that mean for kylo ren does this have to do with the emperor coming back like are they the emperor's troopers but they're first order so is it like sith troopers is it like troopers for the sith lord as opposed to them being sith troopers i guarantee they are not themselves sith because oh, okay. there can only be two sith right like that's the whole deal but it would totally mess with everybody's mind if there was then a bunch of sith troopers yeah i wouldn't quite it wouldn't make a lot of sense but um yeah because you have to, it's like a sith being being a sith is like I being know. a jedi you have to be trained right yes. like um and that it wouldn't work because the first order troopers are indoctrinated and really it doesn't make any i just sense. like stirred it up and you're like wait let me logic but it, no but it just it doesn't it doesn't make yeah. any sense right because the the first order stormtroopers we just watched the force Sith awakens put on stormtrooper armor because he wants to fit in with his other army people yeah but it, it would be it, no, that, it that would be i'm just i'm just trolling you now at this point it would be you such a lame story point like it like that would be them just like pulling something out of left field 
to be like, and now a surprise. The Sith are back and there's thousands of them. Like, that would be stupid. Um, more than likely, they are like, I, Kylo Ren has decided that he is now a Sith. And um, needs troopers. Yeah, because yeah. Snoke was keeping him sort of on the line between yeah. between the light side and the dark side yeah. intentionally. Like, the yeah. whole idea there was that um, if he could use both sides without succumbing to either, mm-hmm. then he would be more powerful. Right. And that's what Snoke was kind of berating him about in The Last Jedi. Right. Is, like, this idea of, like... Of like, oh, now you're like you. You want to be such a like the Darth Vader thing. You want to be a Sith Lord, but that's dumb. Right. And then like you love your father, so like that's the light side. That's dumb too. You need to be better than both of those things and walk the line. Right. Like he does, right? Um. But now, without Snoke's influence, is he gonna Kylo Ren being a Darth Vader fanboy? is gonna say that he's now a sith lord right is he a sith lord are these actually sith troopers like that'll kind of i think be the thing yeah of like well they're not really the sith because how is he a sith other than saying that he is yeah right um unless he has a sith holocron and all of a sudden he has a bunch of sith knowledge but then that's entirely possible but but we don't know any of that yet so what we have from the two previous movies uh, and some of the sort of ancillary stuff, it, like th- that's more than likely the way that this is going. But the idea that that the Sith are returning again mm. is is an interesting element, and it goes towards a lot of what I've been saying about where this movie balances gonna leave with it. one and one, right? Isn't that what you? No, mean? what I've been saying is that like like no, this has nothing to do with Star Wars storytelling. This has to do with Disney making money off of the <laughs> Star Wars franchise. They're not going to wrap things up in this movie. <laughs> If people think that Rise of Skywalker is going to put a tidy bow on the entire Star Wars saga, it's not. It's going to put things back into galactic conflict that can go on for however many movies they want to make. Right. Right. Um, I'm so excited. What a brave new era. Yeah. Love it. So it's like, the, I believe that the end of Star this Wars is, <laughs> is going to be Ray. And I believe that the idea of the title Rise of Skywalker has to do with like the new Jedi Order are mm-hmm. gonna be called Skywalker. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Um and and Kylo Ren is gonna go create his Sith Order or whatever, and they're gonna like they're gonna have their battle and maybe the two of them will have some sort of a finality to their story. Um and it's entirely possible that Kylo Ren could die in this one. Um, but he's got his Knights of Ren who maybe Sith Acolytes now, like they may mm-hmm, have changed mm-hmm. the title and whatever, right? But one of those characters may step forward to be the new leader of mm. the Sith. And and now there will be like an ongoing conflict between the Jedi and the Sith mm-hmm. so that they can keep telling stories and keep making money right. off of movies and comic books and video games. Right. Because there's only so many times you can go back to the well of what happened between episode three and episode four. And I'm getting super sick of it. Like, <laughs> Jedi Fallen Order looks like a really cool video game, but the story's going to be hot garbage because it's not going to make any sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. the Jedi were exterminated, <laughs> except that the Jedi were exterminated. 
five, six, maybe seven Jedi can survive that extermination. Not like 200. Mm-hmm. And because every time they go to tell a story between three and four, it's like, except this Jedi who also survived mm-hmm. the Order 66. And it's like, just stop. Like, knock it off with this nonsense. Because there's uh, Obi-Wan and Yoda, obviously. But then there's also Kane and Jarrus. And there's also Ahsoka Tano, who's technically not a Jedi, but she still manages to escape mm-hmm. the Jedi Purge. Right? And now there's this new kid that he's also a jedi that he was a padawan that survived order 66 and it's like it just it just drives me nuts because every every six months we find out about a new character who survived so i have a question for you because this bothers me in storytelling we'll get back to the news there's this is going to be such a long podcast but um how would you feel if like in a similar way to um the andromeda like andromeda the um the video game, the the N seven video game, Mass I, Effect, yeah, Andromeda. Mass Effect yeah. Andromeda, that they like jumped ahead into a different universe, but it's still in the same like world. How would you feel if Star Wars did that? If they just like jumped ahead? Well, like, that's my expectation. Years? That's my expectation is that we'll either they'll set something up and then we'll come in. 2000 the years. the the Benioff and Weiss story will more than likely be in the past. Right. It'll be Knights of the Old Republic. That's what everybody expects. Um, And then I I believe that the Ryan Johnson story that his movie and then subsequent trilogy, he's only directing the first one. So he's directing one and then producing Mm -hmm. the other two in his trilogy. I believe that his story will be set sometime in the future and stuff that he set up in The Last Jedi will sort of be realized in that the idea that that. And I mean, like, this is also what J.J. Abrams set up in The Force Awakens. We'll get into that. Is that the Force, it's not, like, yes, midichlorians, blah, blah, blah. It mm-hmm. all, that all fits in as well. Mm-hmm. But it's not, like, like a Jedi doesn't have to go find some kid and teach him how to be a Jedi in order for him to be able to use the Force. Mm-hmm. Anakin Skywalker could use the Force naturally without mm-hmm. being taught uh ray can use the force naturally without being taught luke can mm-hmm. use the force naturally without being taught right like if yeah. you're if if you're strong enough your connection to the force is strong enough and it gets nurtured you yeah. develop those skills that little kid at the end of yeah. the last jedi pulling the broom to him yeah. same thing and i think that ryan johnson's trilogy will be about that same idea mm-hmm. and it's like people became jedi like the jedi order didn't just manifest because right. one person went i think the force yeah yeah and it's then like everybody like created a doctrine it, yeah. around it they're, they're in other star wars stories official george lucas star wars stuff in the clone wars there are other cultures around the force right there's the night sisters there's um there's the the wills which we learn about towards the end of of the clone wars and and then we learn more about the guardians of the wills in rogue one and in sub- some of the stories that surround that, like the novels and stuff. What is that? The, sounds so interesting. The two, the, the two guys that, that, that they, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Donnie and Chirrut and Baze. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. They, they're guardians of the wills. Right. The, the wills were like uh, ethereal beings that were connected to the oh, force. Yoda yeah. goes to a weird pocket dimension and meets them. Oh, and, how cool. That's why Yoda knows how to Force become ghost. one with the Force right. and become a ghost, okay. and he teaches Obi Wan. Oh, right? how cool! Um, yeah, so like, th- like there are other, and there's a character in um, 
in Star Wars Rebels called the Bendu, and he right. very specifically talks about the idea that there are other paths to the Force. Right. So the it's Jedi not just about the, the Jedi, right? Are, the Jedi are and the one... Sith are actually like the worst examples of it they're because they're constantly, yeah. yeah, they're two extremes and they're constantly at war with each other, mm-hmm. right? Like they are actually a sign that the force is out of balance mm-hmm. is when the Jedi and the Sith rise because mm-hmm. like they just, they, they just go back and forth between each mm-hmm. other fighting. Right. Mm-hmm. So like that idea and Anakin killing everybody and then there being no force related conflict for 20, 30 years might actually lend itself to the idea that he did balance the force because right. it went back to a natural order right. instead of, these Jedi are, flipping yeah. around with lightsabers and Sith flipping around with lightsabers, killing other people. Mm-hmm. Right. Unfortunately, it left two Sith at the top of the galactic yeah. political order, and they did yeah. terrible things. But um, yeah, like it's it's yeah. closer to balance than than what it, during yeah. the Clone Wars, at least. Yeah. So, um, or during the Sith Wars that predated that stuff. So, cool. Yeah, like there's a lot of ideas in there, but. But I think that that's kind of what we'll see is is so something cool. about some other type of Jedi Order, yeah, um, or the future of yeah. the Skywalker Order if that's what ends up happening. Yeah. I think that's what we'll see with his story. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, what that was else? Like our do we second ha- piece of like yeah. seven news items. <laughs> I, the Russo brothers might be teasing a community movie reveal at Comic Con this week. Uh, so by next week we'll have know if that's true we'll know if that happened or not yeah. um they just they posted some stuff they posted a thing with the date for i think this thursday or friday mm-hmm. um that they're doing a panel yeah. and the background like there was like it's basically just like a black screen with yellow text and then there was some like background audio on mm-hmm. it of a panel but the panel for the first thing that they posted was uh the infinity war panel from a few years ago and then they posted a second one of these with the time, 11 a.m., mm-hmm. and the background audio to that was Troy and Abed rapping, the, oh, the Bibliotheca nice. Nice. Uh, oh, rap I love that from song. season I love one. It's so good. And that got people to thinking, like... Is there going to be a community movie? Because well, that's going to be so cool. Six seasons in a movie, right? Oh. Like, hashtag six seasons in a movie. That was the whole thing. Well, and if anybody could do it, the Russos season. could do it. Yeah, and, and Dan Harmon a few years ago said that he was writing it that he wrote oh, it yeah. um and so yeah i mean like i would it would be fantastic if they came and they, they could probably did. and they're not big enough the biggest one that you'd have to worry about is donald glover but yeah. he seems like he really liked it and probably would go back for a community movie i think that you could get him back yeah. for the for the movie uh yeah. if if only for like a cameo sort of yeah. sort of thing at the beginning and, well i would hope that he would be yeah. throughout it but i the best thing is that the series ends with annie going off to her internship at the FBI. Oh. So I really want it to come back and for it to be like that somebody was murdered at, at the university. Oh, yeah. And that Annie is the FBI investigator <laughs> and she has to come back and solve this crime. <laughs> and for some reason, like that brings back like it, like yeah. it, it all like kind of like how the Veronica Mars movie happened. Oh yeah. Where it like brought it like, up, But yeah. like, I kind of want them to do it. Cause like the, let's be, let's be honest. The Veronica Mars movie sucks. I don't be so harsh. It's pretty bad. I don't bad. know what people expected. It's Veronica it's Mars in movie bad. format. But they the made show it for $4 million. So dollars. Yeah. So anyways. The yes. story doesn't have to suffer. Story isn't contingent Fine. on budget. Fine. Um, especially for something like Veronica Mars. Yeah. Like your mystery better be a good mystery. And that was <laughs> not. Um, yeah. I, not to be confused with the television show is Rocks. So yeah. Yeah. The TV show Rocks. And, and, uh, and it's coming back. 
there's yeah, a new Hulu, season. So right? yeah. Um, and I think Crave in Canada. I, hmm. uh, but I, uh, I hope that, that if they are doing it and that it has something to do with that, that they basically like that Annie's whole character is just one big send up to Veronica Mars because like, cause <laughs> yeah, I, Dan be Harmon, I think had, like he probably would revere Veronica Mars. It's a great show, right? Yeah, like yeah, he yeah. would respect it. Yeah. Um, and I think he does, but uh, yeah, it would be great if they made fun of it the way that they make fun of everything else. They make yeah, fun yeah. of Star Wars. Yeah. They make fun of action movies oh, and Alien. I'm excited to see. That would be fun. It would be fun. Yeah, it would be fun. Um, yeah, I, I, I hope that it's happening. I don't know if I watched the last season of Community because now when you're saying that Annie goes off to an internship with the FBI, I do not remember that. Oh, really? So, um, maybe I need to watch it. Two other pieces of news that we'll we'll we're gonna get into this one really really quick. Supergirl got a new costume for season five of it Supergirl. Looks really cool. She has pants. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. She it's a great really looking good. suit. It looks a lot more like a Man of Steel mm-hmm. Superman or New 52 Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't really look like a lot of other Supergirl costumes. Yeah. It's a very unique Supergirl really costume. Cool. Um, I love that Supergirl's it, still killing it. But it looks great. Yeah. I have not watched, like I, I watched like the first maybe 10 episodes well i guess i did i watched the first 10 episodes of this mm-hmm. season because i watched mm-hmm. up until the crossover and then i haven't watched the rest i just finished flash like last week ish two weeks ago um i finished it right before we did the live stream oh, right. um that morning and uh so now that that's done i either i'll either go back and watch supergirl or go back and watch legends, legends yeah. um one, one or the other cool i but yeah, I have about the same number of episodes for each, I think. But Supergirl last season, from what I did watch, mm-hmm. I was enjoying. Um, yeah, it's a good show. So I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that she's getting pants yeah. and won't freeze to death in cold Vancouver weather in a skirt. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, cool. Uh, and uh, uh, Bond twenty five. This is, I guess, kind of the biggest news in the last couple weeks, right? It's kind of. I guess I don't know very much about people. it because i really i literally just like heard about it on the radio as i was coming here and then didn't actually wasn't actually around for them to talk about like to talk much about it yeah but uh i Uh, mean you can start it yeah i don't i can't remember the 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 name of the actress that's playing uh here we go uh lashana lynch uh it it was announced I, i guess yesterday as of recording that she's gonna be playing 007 yeah the important thing here is that she's not playing james bond she's playing agent 007 in this new james bond movie i don't watch these movies like Mm -hmm. i like i watched casino royale and literally fell asleep when they started playing poker for 45 (laughs) minutes so um yeah like yeah i have no interest i've never been a huge james bond fan but if if I am going to watch a James Bond movie, I'm going to watch a Sean Connery one. Right. Um, and failing that, maybe a Pierce Brosnan one. But I mean, Daniel Craig is so pretty. He's great. It's, I love Daniel so Craig. Pretty. I like him in other stuff. Yeah. But it's – I just the, – the, I don't I don't like the pacing or yeah. the content. Like, it, here's the honest truth. If I'm going to watch a James Bond movie, I'm going to watch the Kingsman movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're – yeah. They're that's like what I James want. James Bond, but – Right? Better. Yeah, that's yeah. what I want yeah. is like I want silly gadgets and I want mm-hmm. intense action sequences yeah. that are ridiculous. Not yeah. – I don't – like I understand. I, I'm not saying that they're bad movies. I'm just saying it's not what I want. It's not the flavor that I want mm-hmm. 
from something like that. Yeah. Um, but I also don't want the Pierce Brosnan stuff, which is camp. Oh, yeah. So ter- terrible. Right? Terrible. So. But so this, the biggest thing is for me is over the last five years or whatever, the biggest conversations about James Bond has been about Idris Elba. And yeah. everybody wanting Idris Elba to be the next James Bond. Yeah. So. This is really cool to see them be like, wait, wait, you wanted a black James Bond? How about a black female James Bond? Yeah. But not actually James Bond, so you can't get mad. Yep. <laughs> and now it's just going to be 007. That is like the coolest thing that they yeah. could have sort of. So one of towards. the things that I heard from somebody on Twitter is the idea that in the last movie, I guess he was like walking away from that life. Like right. he was yeah. He was done with it or whatever. Yeah. Um, but he's still in this one. He's like, apparently he's thing, still right? in like, it. Like it's still Daniel so, Craig is yeah. still James Bond. So I think this one will literally be yeah. a passing of the torch yeah. of like yeah. James Bond saying to the new 007, like working with the new 007, yeah. which will be Lashana Lynch yeah. and, and like giving the sort of approval of yeah. like, okay, you carry things on from here now. Yeah. I'm going to go retire. Um, which lends itself <laughs> to the idea that, James Bond, like 007 has always been a, a, a title. Right. Like and, a, of and like, like a and, and there's yeah. a, there's a potential that all of them have been James Bond 007 at one point or another. And right. like James Bond is an identity that they take on. Yeah. 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 Right. And that they all started somewhere else and then became James, James Bond, Bond 007. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Lashana Lynch, people might remember from Captain Marvel. She is, um, um the her her wingman uh i can't remember names today i i don't know who you're trying to guess so that's why i can't help but um like i have all I well, have you not seen captain marvel oh yeah sorry which one her her wingman the, oh the, yeah, the, yeah 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 the, oh yeah no i don't know that she comes back and yeah um her best friend uh right is rami malik in this movie too? maria rambo that's cool. uh yeah rami malik is apparently the bad guy um yeah so i don't know it'll be interesting it's it's a it's more controversy i mean the last time that we recorded an episode we talked about the little mermaid casting news so it's which okay i have to say i love this podcast for stuff like this that i had no idea that it was going to be a con in the same way because literally i found out that the little mermaid was black on our podcast yeah when i got mad that they were trying to cast melissa McCarthy. mccarthy and then was like oh this is great then and then the week afterwards sort of being like weird how the internet reacts to things and you're like why why you have energy to expend elsewhere yeah and like it's she's a mermaid like she could be whatever color they decide to make her. Like, yes, I hate to t- hate to break it to you, but fish people are made up. Yeah, yeah, they like, are not real. That is not a thing that you're yeah. appropriating in any way. Like, yeah, no, is, yeah, yeah, that is fake. yeah. The idea yeah. that there's cultural appropriation going on there with with mermaid kind. Yeah, it's but like, also with James Bond, who is also a made up person. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it's just it's really interesting. Um, I'm I'm excited to see. Uh, like this, this shifting current that is genuinely seems to be sticking. Like these yep. big franchises are going out there and being like, nope, this is what we're doing now. And I think it's like, I'm, I feel like it's paying off. Like there's people that are watching movies, right? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. And even sometimes because of changes to the status quo. So. It's just, I mean, like, honestly, it's just, it's art m- mimicking reality. Right. Yeah. And in reality, uh, there are 
it's a 50 it's actually 49 51 split between men and women uh and uh and people come in all shapes sizes and colors Mm -hmm. so let's just go ahead and represent that in film and television yeah and and comic books and and video games and whatever right like let's just let's just have it be more reflective of what real life is Mm -hmm. like i think where that gets really difficult is if you live in the middle of a north american country that is less true Hmm. right so i mean like even us growing up in penticton i mean like think about how white penticton was right i don't know what the makeup of it would be now but but i mean like it was it was, it was really white yeah. when we yeah. were there. Especially depending on where you are demographically in cities, yeah. right? Or in small towns like that specifically yeah. because catchment areas for elementary schools, so much of it is based on like um, like socioeconomic stratification as well. Yeah. And in small towns, that tends to also be based in color. So yeah. it's just... It's just really, really interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, to... so I think that if you live in the middle of, I'm not picking on anybody. I'm just saying randomly, like if you live in the middle of Missouri, and like less... and your yeah. social stratas are structured in the way that they are, and then you start seeing characters that don't represent you and the people around you, or represent people differently than the way that the people around you are represented then you're going to feel alienated by that, right? Mm-hmm. But I think the important part of that is um, is that we always talk about genre storytelling in this way, uh, that it's it's a really great gateway mm-hmm. into concepts yeah. uh, of equality and understanding and, and all of that sort of thing. Um, so it is, it's a good opportunity uh, to, to share with people in the middle of the country that the whole world is not as homogenous as maybe yeah. their area might be. Yeah. Um, and that, that there are, you know, there are other cultures out there and that those other cultures are interesting and valid yeah. in the same way that your own is. And I, I think like it, it, the pendulum kind of has to swing one way in order for it to come back into the middle a little bit. Um, and, and the hope is that eventually <laughs> The pendulum feels like it's swinging wildly from one side to the other at the moment, but it's also being propelled, right? Like there are forces whacking it it back and forth. The hope is that eventually the pendulum loses momentum and just settles right in the middle, Mm -hmm. right? And and at that point, everybody can just be cool and and just appreciate one another. What if that'll happen in our lifetime? I don't think so. Are we more likely to kill ourselves off or reach equality? And I feel like... I mean, I, I think the way that the planet is going, I think that within the next couple of generations, there's going to be some real hard choices that people are going to have to make. Yeah. And I think that one of two things happens in that. Either uh, race becomes irrelevant because everything is about survival, or things get so difficult that the only way to survive is through tribalism, and tribalism creates barriers right like it it creates gulfs between uh different groups of people and and get a war looking different is the easiest way to distinguish between two tribes so historically human beings have not been the greatest about tribal 
uh, tribalism uh, and and the dynamic there um and uh, and we've in fact exterminated entire species as a result not to mention entire races of our own species mm-hmm. um in order to to be dominant and that, realistically that's probably the way that it goes Cause because it's just, humans it's just, tend towards chaos. It's how our. It's not that humans tend towards chaos. We're animals, just like uh, uh, any other primate that mm. that you know we share uh, uh, ancestral connection to, and we evolved in a very specific way for very specific reasons. We can see color so that we can distinguish ripe fruit from unripe fruit because eating unripe fruit makes you sick and then you die, right? But isn't there like more things talking about now how the idea of like you I don't want to let's let's steer away from this topic very quickly. Um, But the idea of like making yourself less vulnerable Mm -hmm. by making sure that your genetic pool is as broad as possible. That is definitely something that evolutionarily speaking, we're tending towards wanting to do that more often to be able to like cover ourselves from any gamut of. Things. Yeah, we do. We should do that, and that is beneficial in terms of evolution. So, if we're and, talking about yeah, we're but go back to but that's biology. that's evolution moving forward. Where we came from is a place of Terror eyes and, that are yeah. designed to distinguish between things, and a brain that's designed to categorize yeah. danger and safety. Yeah. Right. So if Other you and like yeah, us and them, if you put together yeah. categorization with the ability to distinguish colors, what happens is we see different people with different colored skin and we categorize them together. And that's why there's a natural inclination towards seeing a white person with a black person as a couple and going, is that OK? Right. Like and just and, and like thinking that and that's a, it's like an instinctual thing. And I think that a lot of people nowadays from a young age get taught that that's that it's not okay to think that way. And that, you know, like interracial relationships are perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I always and like you're really saying, it's like, actually technically beneficial. Yeah. Or whatever you want to say. But yeah. the idea that I always forget that, too, because for my generation, it's never been a not it's never been an issue. But that yeah. that stupid like movie loving or whatever that was like this idea that you forget that interracial relationships were banned like within my parents lifetime my parents lifetime ago maybe yeah. not in canada because i don't actually remember what the but like, even when we were but, kids i mean like there's um terrible there's there was a, a oh, man is it i think it's i think it was blossom i think it was joey lawrence's character who i am i remembering that right it was one of that like it was that era of shows and it was, was like, he was uh, he was on a date with a black girl and he was super conscious about it. And 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 something happens while they're on their date. And he like basically gets up in the restaurant and like starts berating everybody in the restaurant of like, yeah, I'm on a date with her and there's nothing wrong with it. And all you people looking at us and it's and like, obviously, she gets really like uncomfortable and mm-hmm. it's like, well, you're making this worse then it like just ignore those people and he's like yeah but i don't want to ignore it because it's you know so that's in that's in our lifetime right like Like, that's that's something that was our generation to happen so i do i do think that it, it it was still part of the conversation i definitely think that for 
Kara's generation, it'll be less so, mm-hmm. right? That 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 idea. And, and I mean, like, living living in a life. city like Vancouver, I think that she'll have a very different perspective, anyways. But because it's very metropolitan and it's very much a because the biggest thing is like mosaic, that it, there is a distinct difference between the experiences of people in cities and the experience of people in small towns. Yeah, and it's just like the more people that you surround yourself and the more diversity and awesome culture, the better. Yeah. Um, I will say to wrap this up that yeah. I was trying to remind myself like what I had been doing in my leisure time since finishing Lucifer. And I have to give a shout out to Canadian publishers. I've read two really awesome books over the last two years that were like romantic comedies starring like Muslim women in Toronto. And one of them was very much using um, like fundamental Muslim um, culture to create a story called about Pride and Prejudice. It basically mm-hmm. was using the Pride and Prejudice structure to tell the story um, it, uh, it, like set in Toronto um, called Aisha at Last. Totally awesome. And then a new book that just came out called The, the Chai Factor about this um, like more um like progressive muslim family like the the young daughter um being like 32 and not really being like her grandmother being quite religious but her mother and her being a little less uh religious and it's like it's a romantic com like it's a rom- romance novel um but like this with this young like muslim woman and like the- she falls in love with this like barbershop this is like guy that's part of a barbershop mm-hmm. quartet that's living in her basement or whatever but it's really it's I think that there's this like the more stories that you can tell on these like broad scales like I know nothing about Muslim culture from ever like I didn't study it but I've been consuming more and more media that is teaching me all the various things that I would never but I these are two very different stories both set in Toronto with very different Muslim experiences but because I love rom-coms and I love like human relationships and that's my way gateway in I'm learning things in a way that I never would have before Mm -hmm. so it's just I just highly recommend that you, I don't know, consume as much diverse media as possible. And I just think that that's really awesome because you become more tolerant because you learn. And it's just like, yeah. I think that the, it's fear and the unknown more so. And that you just, it gets perpetuated by so much different things. And I just, I love that there are like publishers had to make this a thing and London Drugs had to make it part of their mandate that they put this book in a place that I could see it when I was looking for a book that I wanted to read. And I was like, Hey, the chai factor i'm gonna get this book because it Mm. seems like it's up my alley and it just like i just think that's really cool to start to see stuff like that happening more and more but two books i highly recommend and like i say i think they're canadian publishers but i think they're available internationally so for sure cool so the force awakens uh the first in the sequels 2015 uh directed by jj abrams i always forget that what that is directed by jj abrams Abrams. yeah that it was like this big controversial thing at the time they were like "Mm, mr star trek man is coming to star wars well i I mean he made star trek movies that felt a lot more like star wars movies than star trek i was gonna say that's why i liked the star trek movies so much because i like really could give a crap about the previous star trek's like franchise but love the movies Mm -hmm. they're like one of my favorite like and yet you like mass effect i do like mass effect yeah okay What's wrong? What's wrong with that? Well, how the are first, those, how the are first things correlated. The first Mass Effect game steals a hell of a lot from Star Trek. Well, I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, okay. Granted, I haven't like given it a ton. I just know that when my mother watched it when I was a young child, I was like, "What are you watching? Why are you watching this?" Star Trek: The Next Generation. Yeah, the one with the Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. <laughs> the one with the Whoopi Goldberg. I. <laughs> uh, 
not to get off onto too much of a tangent right at the beginning of a conversation about the force awakens but star trek the next generation is like i was a fan of star trek before i was a fan of star wars Ooh, interesting. my dad and i used to watch star trek together cool so i have the exact opposite experience from you somehow <laughs> of like that was my jam like for mm. a long time oh, and for a long time i didn't like star wars because i liked star trek oh no way yeah like no, when i didn't know the what, difference yeah. between them and yeah, just yeah. was like yeah. i have to pick one of these things yeah. it was i also picked sega genesis over nintendo yes. super nintendo and it was my mom that i learned about both star trek and star wars from yeah because i remember my mom watching the star star wars it wasn't my dad it was my mom yeah. and then i i chose of the two things that she and you liked, go and if star you're wars. gonna go to a geeky movie you're gonna go with your mom over your dad right yeah i guess so yeah, yeah. My, yeah, yeah, your, mo- totally. your mom's my a mom closeted was, nerd. I think she, I didn't, this is a revelation to me. Yeah, because me and my mom went I to I like that see... it's a revelation to you, but it's something that I learned about your mom, I don't know, right? five years ago. Me and my mom went to go see Aquaman while my sister and my dad went to go see The Mule. How opposite could you get at Christmas yeah. time? Where like, we couldn't convince my dad and my sister to come watch Aquaman with us. But I never thought about it because my mom You enjoys, couldn't convince like... your sister to watch a movie in which Jason Momoa yeah. is shirtless for 25 percent of the film <laughs> i think it was more so just that i mean she also wanted to just go hang out with my dad too because yeah. we knew that it would probably be a harder sell to just get my from dad what i know watch. of your sister yeah, that's she would, she that would seems in, like yeah. a selling seems, point seems like she would but she would enjoy that what was the mule what was that movie that was the clint eastwood movie where he's like a drug mule <laughs> like he's this old Look, guy that's a drug i mean mule. like <laughs> if you don't want to see aquaman that's fine that's i understand it's not everybody's cup of tea Clint Eastwood drug mule movie? Really? I don't know. My dad and my sister both thoroughly enjoyed it. I really? hate to see it. But it's because my dad loves that kind of stuff. It's like about yeah. an old man that doesn't know how to use a cell phone. And he relates to that on many levels. Gotcha. <laughs> so, and then my my sister can appreciate it because she knows, like, she appreciates my dad. My sister is, like, not a nerd, right? So, like, she doesn't appreciate yeah. nerdy things. Like, she would be like, what is this Aquaman garbage? Like, she would, there's, like, a there's like a, a ratio of, like, yeah. naked men to, to comic books that she she would like, be like are weighs. there whales pulling their trucks <laughs> yeah, underwater like, what's yeah, happening just, right now so confused aquaman's yeah. a very weird movie <laughs> i don't know i don't know how that movie exists in the right? form that it exists and yeah. god that thing is yeah. it's pretty awful um <laughs> the force awakens however is a great movie oh you okay? So you rewatch it and you're like, "This is everything I love about Star Wars." Yeah. Like it just, at its core, you have these characters. That, okay. First of all, going into this though, I have to say, The Force Awakens, and I talked about this back when it came out, was made for me. I feel like they took a cross section of Star Wars fans and yep. they were like, "We are going to target older millennial women, and we are going to make a movie for them." Yeah. Like actually for reals, because everything about the force awakens i feel was made like specifically for me where it's this like i, I don't know and i know that it's meant to speak the to, hero like, a is a luke skywalker the that's that, you that's me <laughs> yeah. and then there's this hot man that halfway through the movie i was like oh my god he took off his mask and he's this boy and then that movie <laughs> like that scene between them i was like oh my god this is so fun and like i shipped it immediately i remember that I, being a thing i find that so fascinating <laughs> that people let's get right into this <laughs> yeah. People ship the two of them so hard. Yeah. Their entire relationship is abusive. 
Well, yes, I mean, we're terrible species. Okay. That, that's just like a, we t- tend towards. It's like, just so interesting that in today's climate, mm-hmm. they, of all of the things that the that the sequels get get crap for, this is not one of those things. Right. Like, like, no yeah. one ever writes thought pieces about how horribly sexist and misogynist Kylo Ren's outlook. I think partially because it's supposed to be because he's the bad but, guy and we're supposed to get that like he is a very poorly developed human being but you get no the thing that's the best about it is that it's literally this the plight of the the like young women today or, yeah. or millennial women or whatever these that are the, the type of men that, are, that they have that, to deal yes with. that you deal yeah. with these these entitled boys who had generations of people telling them that they were fantastic. And then they've taken this power and they've manipulated it. And then they're telling you that they're better than you. And you're like, no, you're not. Get out of my brain, you stupid little boy, and let me tell you how the world works. <laughs> yeah. And they still won't listen, and you slash them across the face, and you leave them bleeding on the side of the road. And then they still tell and you that they're that you're nothing. That the they're next better time. than them. Yeah. And then you just have to walk away. You have to leave them there. You have to walk away. Yeah. And just be like, not, fine. Not, you go. You go pretend to rule the world, and I'm yeah. gonna actually go do something with my power and make it a better place. Not to get too much into the Last Jedi, but it's really hard to divorce these two it's, movies it's, from it's, one another. They they just bleed right into yeah. each other. Um, like... But Kylo Ren's Ben's approach, <laughs> his negging approach in the Last Jedi of like, I saw your parents. They suck. <laughs> you suck too. I mean, like everybody else thinks you suck. They told me, but I yeah. don't think you suck. Yeah, I think you're kind of cool, actually. Yeah. I guess a little bit. Yeah. Whatever. If you want to be with me or whatever, it's yeah. up to you. Yeah. I got all sorts of ladies if I want them. Like that's, yeah, that's totally exactly his attitude. I, but the thing that is so infuriating about <laughs> it is that I watch these movies and I see that and I go like, wow. This guy is the douchiest, most entitled. Uh, I'm going to use the word prissy, and I, I hope that that's still an okay word to use. In this context, I think it's okay, right? I mean, like, a little bit. Uh, it's sure. kind of on sure. the border, right? Like, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. But, like, I mean, prissy in the sense still, of, like, still he, gender, takes, but it's okay. he takes his helmet off, and he's, like, the hair is all nicely coiffed yeah, and yeah. curled, and yeah. it's, like, dude. He's, he's quite a pretty boy. Yeah, like... <laughs> Like it's, I mean it in the sense that he's very vain, right? Yeah, like, yeah. like he's yeah. he's ve- like his whole character is infatuated yeah. with appearances, yeah. and it's not just a matter of appearances of like I want to look like Darth Vader. It's like, but if I take my helmet off, I better be the prettiest person in the room, <laughs> yeah. right? As opposed to Ray, who is like, I uh, although they do put makeup on her, and yeah. I mean she's got makeup on her in the first yeah. movie as yeah. well, but in the Last Jedi, the really big distinguisher between her and the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi. Is that all of a sudden she looks more grown up? Why does she look more grown up? Because they put makeup on her, mm-hmm. like they gave her eyeliner and yeah, yeah, she actually yeah. she looks very. You, I, you've got the mug right do, there, yeah, and yeah, if yeah. like you turn that around, that's a tomboy. Oh, yeah, <laughs> right. And then when you have her, yeah. and then in the Last Jedi, in both of her outfits, both the one from the end of the Force Awakens and then the one when she confronts Kylo, she's very her face is very made up. But at the same time, when she ends that battle. He still looks very pretty. She looks rough. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's one of the things that I like about that yeah. is and and it's the same as like all throughout The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Like 
she does not care about appearances yeah. it's not important to her yeah. right it's not it's not a priority survival mm-hmm. and utilitarianism like all yeah. of that sort of stuff and then like the her i the thing that I love about Ray in relation to both Anakin and Luke as the protagonists of these three stories is the sincerity of those characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anakin's sincerity goes in a very da- like dangerous direction of like he, he he everybody starts telling him that he's the chosen one and all of a sudden he's like He's like, I should be powerful. And it's like, yeah. he's very sincere and genuine yeah. in those moments. Unfortunately, nobody around him goes, this is a problem that we should probably deal yeah. with. Yeah. Right? Like, nobody sees fit to actually yeah. deal with the the this uh, explosive <laughs> that's brewing. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and then, but then, like, with Luke, like, he's very earnest. He's very sincere. He's very mm-hmm. genuine. And so is Ray, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, like, I love that through line of the protagonists of these Star Wars movies and how that is, ends up either being a benefit or a detriment. And it's so interesting to me where Ray's character goes both in this and then in the last Jedi, she's presented at several points with the choices to, to seize power essentially. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. Um, and she never ever gets as far as Luke does. Mm-hmm. She certainly never goes as far as Anakin does yeah. in what we've seen, right? The closest she gets is at the end of this movie. She's defeated Kylo Ren and she's got that look of anger on her face. Like she's got that Anakin Skywalker, like I could yeah. kill you right now, look. Yeah. And then it's not even like a Luke Skywalker moment of like looking at vader's hand that i just chopped off and looking at my own robotic hand she doesn't need a metaphor no in order to to look at herself and go like this isn't me yeah right like this is that something else is is pushing me in this direction and then when we get to the beginning of the last jedi and when she says to luke she's like look there's this power inside me and i need to learn to control it i need to know what my place is in all of this and that's out of it's not out of fear it's out of respect for the danger that she's in mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. like she looks at it and goes like i don't want to go back to that place that i was in where i almost killed kylo ren and then in the last jedi when she faces him when she confronts him again she's mm-hmm. she's a true jedi in that moment right yeah. like in all of those moments um and she always makes the altruistic right choice it's it's what like it to me it's what makes her the true heir to the Jedi and the right person to start the new Jedi order when Luke wasn't. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of stuff said to it too. And and why I sort of say like these movies, it's important that Ray is a woman because there's something like fundamental about the like female experience, especially in this, like Luke grew up this spoiled little boy in this, like he just wanted to go play with his like planes and go live off world. And like, he just, he always felt entitled and like there was something to her, but Ray really just wanted to, like she just felt abandoned and wanted to belong. She's not asked, like she doesn't have the same sort of greed and aspiration as, as people that sort of are told that they should be a certain way or they could be something. She's, she doesn't have any false aspirations. So Luke and Luke and I wouldn't say that Luke is spoiled, but he's very sheltered. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Right. Yeah. And I whiny. Think, uh, I didn't the, mean to say spoiled. Yeah. Whiny. There you go. 
but I think that I think that the reason why they're so opposite in the way that they react to a lot of stuff is because their upbrings are the exact mirrors of one another. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Luke had helicopter surrogate parents in owen and brew owen in particular who was like i know what happened to your father yeah i know that that crazy old wizard is across the desert and he wants to do the same thing to you and i'm not gonna let anybody do that to my family yeah like you i've been entrusted with with raising you if they didn't want you to be raised properly they shouldn't have brought you to me i'm gonna make sure that you're safe from all danger you're never gonna leave this farm yeah right yeah and that's what like the 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 piece that people I don't think catch when they watch A New Hope with the context of just the original trilogy or especially just the context of A New Hope is that Uncle Owen is like, uh, no, I need you to stay on for one more season. You can you can submit your application n- next season after the harvest. Yeah. So, like we'll talk about it then. And Luke is like, that's what you said last year. Right. And you can tell that the conversation is like, and you said it the year before that. And you've been right. saying that my entire life. Right. Every time everybody else was going to go do something, you said, no, you have responsibilities here. Mm-hmm. Because Owen, it's not that he doesn't, like, yeah, he, they've got enough money. He can hire hands. He can do whatever he needs to do. He buys two droids from the Jawas. Like, they can sort, he can sort it out. They'll survive. They, they made their way with less before, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not what it's about. It's about keeping Luke... Like on the farm, farm yeah. away from adventure. Mm-hmm. Whereas Ray's whole story is her parents drop her off with Blobfish Man yeah. and go, We don't care about you. Yeah. Right? And they take off. Yeah. And then from that point forward, her whole life is unwilling adventure. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so she just wants some place to belong. She and to, wants yeah. to stop yeah. for five minutes, yeah. right? And there's a there there's a moment with Han Solo where she sees like, oh, maybe maybe I could belong here. Maybe mm-hmm. this could be my family. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, well, you could be on my crew. You could be. And then like, I think she then realizes like, no, this guy's dangerous. Like right, this guy, yeah, like yeah, this, like, be, like yeah. Hall and Rathtars, like yeah, all yeah. this stuff, like. Like, it's Han Solo. He's the rebellion general. Like, there's no way that this is not more More, danger and death and blah, blah, blah. Everything that she's been surrounded with her whole life. Um, But at the same time, she also ends up finding her family and those people. And that becomes the most important thing to her. I will say that one of my favorite moments in in the movie and just that that is super relatable is, is 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 her... First of all, the greatest practical effect ever is that that the bread. bread. Oh, so great. So good. But like when she's just sitting outside eating her stuff, wearing the helmet and just sort of like that chewing, she looks so young and innocent. And it's just this perfect sort of thing where at her core, she is the like you saw her do this su- super badass thing to start. But then she comes back and she is just at her core, this sort of innocent girl that's just looking for a place to belong or, or yeah. just like living in these. And it's just like a really cool that, that yeah. she just she's very self-sufficient but at the same time like like you can tell that she wants something yeah. more yeah there's a stunted development in her that mm-hmm. although there are these very mature very uh, uh capable aspects of her character that is like there you're right like there's an innocence to her and that's where like that earnestness and that mm-hmm. sincerity comes mm-hmm. from is in that innocence and um you see it again after they escape from the the imperial the first order on Jakku, and 
she runs out of the cockpit and Finn runs out of the gun well and they meet each other yeah, in the middle and, and they're does. like did you see that did you you did so good I did so I can't believe we did and like yeah. they have that moment with each other where it's like like these are just two kids that didn't like quite yeah grow like up neither probably, one yeah. of them deserves the life that they've been thrust into yeah. and it's so interesting and this is one of the reasons why I can't wait for Rise of Skywalker is that we're gonna see the three of them together for the first time like so Finn Ray and Poe. Oh, yeah. And Poe is the Han Solo element. Right, so right yeah. now we've got Luke and Leia, yeah. who are these kids who are thrust into adventure. And then you've got the seasoned... Like, adventurer. Adventurer who's like, who's like this guy, kids. this is his yeah. stock and trade. It's what he does yeah. for a living, right? And that is very much Poe's character. And it's going to be really interesting to see that dynamic between the three of them and to see how Poe tempers the two of them. Yeah. Because we've, really seen, we've seen how Poe tempers Finn. Yeah. And we see, like, in The Last Jedi, we see more of it with, with Finn and Rose mm-hmm. and, like, mm-hmm. how he kind of bring comes in and he's the mm-hmm. adult in the yeah, group. Yeah, 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 Even though he is also so an immature. terrible adult. Yeah. <laughs> but he's Han Solo. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He is a terrible Makes, adult. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, if this is your example for an adult, you're going to grow up to be a <laughs> terrible adult. But, um, but I think that one of the things is that when we learn mo- more about Poe's backstory is that we will learn that Han Solo was one of his examples of an adult. <laughs> I mean, like his parents were both right, rebellion yeah. heroes, right. and so he grew up with stories of Han, Han Solo, Solo and yeah, that's fair. Luke Skywalker revering them. Right? Um, I'm excited for that dynamic with the three of them. Yeah. That'll be real. That's fun. the thing that I am absolutely, without oh, a man. doubt, the most excited about. Yeah. Um, the one thing going back and rewatching, uh, the Force Awakens after like the Last Jedi and really mm-hmm. is because it's always bothered me in the Last Jedi where Poe introduces himself to Rey or where they like introduce yeah. each other and I'm like they would have met in the Force Awakens and it's like I get it that they're only together really in that briefing room scene at the very end but it's like Rey is Rey and Poe like there's no way that they wouldn't have been introduced during mm-hmm. that scene just because it didn't happen on camera it just really bothers me where I'm like they were both very important people to that particular discovery I, of to, Luke Skywalker's like so location. this is the way, this is the way that I read it is that absolutely they were in the same room together mm-hmm. and it was like like because at the end that the map and all yeah. that stuff it all that all happened but then immediately it was like the first order knows where we are we need to evacuate Um, right and so it was like oh we have the map you have the map go get your supplies together and get the hell out of here right Right? like leia was just like go get your stuff like we have time for a tearful goodbye and a costume change that's it (laughs) right yeah fair. you gotta get out of here and go say go find luke to to and then find us after we evacuate and poe is a commander he immediately had to go cool. take care right. of stuff yeah. so yeah they were definitely there and that's why when ray at the end of the last jedi goes i'm ray and poe goes yeah i know <laughs> it's like because right. yeah, so, poe is saying what you're saying is like yeah we share the same best friend <laughs> yeah. we were in i was there like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. bb8's my droid i know who you are <laughs> yeah, yeah right yeah. but but that's the innocence of Ray is she's right, like she's we were never introduced. You don't know who I am oh, because right, yeah, she's from true. some yeah that's Poe backwater back and Poe yeah, is yeah, like, yeah. I, it's a military organization. <laughs> I, you're in briefings like yeah. there, there's there's a dossier about you. <laughs> like I know who you are, right? So okay, that's fine, fair. I was and again Poe being like the that, adult but... of like. Yeah, I, I know. Yes, yeah. 
So I I like that moment okay. of, of her introducing I mean, herself and then him nice being here. like, okay, yeah. nice to meet you. Like, <laughs> what, what do I have a sign? I attract you guys? I cannot wait to watch The Last Jedi. I'm so excited. Yeah. It's the thing that getting to The Force Awakens through this whole journey, I have postponed watching The Force Awakens. I didn't, or no, The, the Last, Last Jedi. Jedi. Yeah. It's just so fun. I, so I think that both movies are great. They're just um, like nice and light. light yeah, I'm, but... There is it, the last Jedi goes counter, and oh, yeah. and the Force Awakens, like you said, it's like it to me. George Lucas, when he made Star Wars, was basically doing his thesis on Joseph Campbell, right? Right, yeah. and the 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 mono myth, the hero with a thousand faces, like that. Star Wars was is like a perfect his like distillation of, of that, yeah. that knowledge right yeah he was taking everything that joseph campbell wrote and putting it into one movie mm-hmm. and then eventually the trilogy into one story right and then he goes back and he does the prequels and i feel like that was the thing that the prequels lacked the most is that it didn't it then didn't follow the monomyth as much yeah um, you don't know who you care about and sure. so it, that's what made it kind of it yeah. kind of difficult to digest but again, he, I'll, I'll say this until I'm blue in the face. And if I ever get to meet George Lucas, it's the first thing that I'm going to ask him is like, I see those movies and I go, these were not meant to be the monomyth. These were meant to be uh, uh, Renaissance era storytelling mm-hmm. of like, yeah, yeah. like saying, uh, yeah. Shakespeare, essentially. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. But Shakespeare, Chaucer, like, yeah. like all of that sort of. Yeah. Larger than life epic, kind of. Yeah. I, 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 yeah yeah romantic mm-hmm. poetic sort of storytelling um but the force awakens is jj abrams writing his thesis on george lucas's thesis right, right? Yeah. so he's essentially writing a paper on a paper that george lucas wrote when he was in college right yeah. right and yeah. so he's taking the entire uh, a catalog of George Lucas movies, not just Star Wars, but American Graffiti as well, and mm-hmm. and uh, the stuff that he produced, Willow, as well as the stuff that he wrote, like Indiana Jones. He's taking all of that and he's distilling all of that with a very heavy emphasis on the Star Wars part into a perfect George Lucas Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. And he had the best guide possible to do it with, and that's Lawrence Kasdan, right, who yeah. wrote the two other best Star Wars movies, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, right? Yeah. Like it 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 makes sense that mm-hmm. The Force Awakens is as good as good as, it, good as it is and that it is also again a retreading of the previous story. Yeah. Um but and, it's meant to be. I mean and like I it's love intentional. that about it. That's the thing is that everybody was like, it's just retelling. Yeah. And I'm like, but in the best way. Like they didn't have to have a trash compactor homage. Yeah. But the fact that like who does it bother? It's great. It's fun. Like, of course. Why not? Yeah. Like, and it's also know, like if little... you're Han Solo and you're on a Death Star <laughs> yeah. for the you're second time the in your life, time. you're yeah. like, does it have a trash compactor? <laughs> yeah. I remember that sucked. Like, <laughs> yeah. this, this lady deserves a sucky ending, and that would have sucked if we would have yeah. died in that trash compactor. So, like, that is a very good character moment yeah. of like, yeah. Han- and yeah, it's a, it's obviously a send up. It's a reference, but my favorite part of this movie is just Han Solo when like Finn's like, we'll just use the Force, and Han Solo is just like, 
how am I the expert at the force here? And he's like, that's not how the force. Like, it just is he's so, so angry he's about so it. Mad. He's so mad in that moment of like because he get because the what? problem that I had is that he he gets what the force is, yeah. and it's in that moment where he's like, because in the beginning, right, where he's like. It's true, all of it. Like you, like he's been converted and he's a yeah. believer, and that's part of the thing that sucks. I think the most about Ben is yeah. him understanding the power and and chaos and and all of the like yeah. gravitas and and stuff that that surrounds the choices that he's been making, like on a real fundamental level. But then at a like for for him to be with this little boy who's lied to him about how he got there to just sort of say something flippant about the force, for him to just be like. You don't even know. Like, you don't even understand. Anyways, it's a great. Yeah. I love it. Well, it's the the funny thing about that is that, you know, I, the expectation is that Luke Skywalker is the new Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's not. <laughs> Luke in The Last Jedi is Yoda. Yeah. That's yeah. why Yoda comes to him and not Obi-Wan. Right? Yeah. And also yeah. because it's easier to get Frank Oz to do a puppet than <laughs> yeah. it is to CG yeah. Alec Guinness back to life or use Ewan McGregor yeah, and explain that somehow. Yeah. Um, but, but from a story perspective, it makes sense. Like he, like Luke is Yoda. He's mm-hmm. off on in exile on mm-hmm. a distant planet that Ray has to go find. Yeah. It's a, that makes sense for the story. The character that gets her, brings her into the adventure is Han, Han Solo. Solo yeah. And that's Obi-Wan to Luke. Right. Yeah. And so here's Han Solo finding himself dragged back into this life that he was doing his best to escape. And, confronted with the reality of like i'm the crazy old wizard now (laughs) and it's all in that moment it's in that line of delivery when he's like that's not how the force works (laughs) it's so so (laughs) good good. and then it's immediately followed by oh you're cold (laughs) (laughs) it's like you're covered in fur right He's like, and it's just Han Solo's idea of like, he's like, he's just surrounded by these people that it's like, I got this stupid kid. We got no plan. And now the dog is mad because he's cold. It's like, yeah, we're all cold. It's a snow planet. Um, Yeah. No, oh, I it's, love this movie so much. It's, it's so, so good. Fun. I So the first time I saw it, I had a problem with Han Solo and the way that he's portrayed in it, mm, right? Okay. Especially the what is now my favorite scene in the movie and it took me a little while to digest it. I the the moment when they're on like in the the Aravana, which is his big ship, the oh, whale right, the ship. Big one? Yeah, yeah. Um and the gangs are at either end and he's doing the whole mm-hmm. fast talking back and forth and there's a lot of jokes in there. It's really quick. And there's like, there's like six jokes in what like a 30 second. second. Time? Yeah. <laughs> and there's a couple of moments in there where I was like, this is, this is a little bit like, I don't know. It's, there's something a little bit cheesy about it. Mm. And then I had the realization later on of like, Oh, I'm, I want Han Solo to be the same man that he was 30 years ago. Right, yeah. And that's not fair to that character. Harrison Ford's not the same man that he was 30 years ago. He's still Harrison Ford, Mm -hmm. but he's grown up. He's Mm -hmm. aged. He's wiser in some ways. He's crankier in other ways, right? And that's where, like, Han in The Force Awakens is such a perfect evolution of that character because he's... I mean, he's at the age where he should be a grandpa, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And 
Uh, and and that's the moment. Like these kids are essentially his grandkids coming and bothering him, mm-hmm. and he's yeah. like, "What are you doing? Like I I had this all figured out." And yeah. it's, it's, he's got the great line when they're uh, he sits down in the in the cockpit of the Falcon to to blast off out of there, mm-hmm. and he's doing everything. And Ray sits down and he's like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "You need a co-pilot." Mm-hmm. And then the the Rathtar slams onto the cockpit, and he goes. This is not how I thought this day was going to go. <laughs> yeah. Where he's like, I caught the Rathars. We we caught the signal of like, oh, the Falcon. We got the Falcon back. Yeah. I was going to go deliver these, get paid, pay these guys off. We'd have the Falcon back. And like, the sky's the limit now yeah. that we got the Falcon again. Like, and and now all of a sudden he's, he's got ditching yeah. that there's a wrath tar on yeah. the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. There's this girl sitting next to him. Chewie got shot. <laughs> These guys want to kill them. Like this is this this is definitely not what he mm-hmm. planned on when he woke up in the morning and put his boots on. Uh, and it, that's just such a like, that's such a dad thing. Yeah, yeah. And that's the piece of the story. And that's where I say, the the. The tragic thing about the sequel trilogy, and I think where a lot of people miss out, is in the fact that there's a trilogy in between that didn't happen. Mm, yeah. And yeah. and they've been intentionally dodgy about those story points. And it's 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 to the point for me where it's frustrating because by not telling that story, they're actually doing a disservice to the to the sequels. Because there for me I'll be fine. I know mm-hmm. I'll be fine. I know a lot of the people that I hang out with and talk to will be fine. We'll find the things in this story and we'll infer the things that aren't there mm-hmm. and we'll put it together. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think for a lot of the general audience, they aren't going to like, they're going to take it for granted that Han is a different mm-hmm. character now than he was in return of the Jedi. And they missed the most important part of the story that happened in those 30 years. He became a father. Right. Yeah. And then, and then he failed his son. Yeah. Right. And he gave up Yeah. on his family. So like, he's a deadbeat dad in this story. Right. And this is his redemption story. Right. It's, it's actually, it is his, in the same way that Obi-Wan in the prequels, becomes an unwilling father figure to Anakin fights it his entire life. And it's one of the reasons why Anakin meets the fate that he does is that like, by the time we get back to them in attack of the clones, it's like, Oh, we're like brothers. And it's like, no, 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 no. You're supposed to be raising this kid. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. Well, Oh yeah. Yeah. But like, it's more like an older brother, younger <laughs> yeah. brother thing. Right. And yeah. then by revenge of the Sith, he's like, you're not my responsibility anymore. You're a Jedi Knight. And it's like, no, oh, you're his father. Yeah, you're the closest yeah. thing to a father that he's ever had. Yeah. And you are ignoring that responsibility. And then in A New Hope, Obi-Wan go, like, has mm-hmm. the realization of, like, this kid showed up on my doorstep. I got to teach him to be a Jedi. And this inevitably ends with me confronting Vader and paying for my mistake. Right. right? Yeah. And, and, you know, meeting his fate. And it's like that is it's it, he 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 was a bad father as well. And Anakin is a bad father to Luke. And his the redemption of his story Sorry. is going like, oh, I'll save my son. I'm going to kill the emperor. And Han's redemption is... I screwed up, but it's not a redemption story because most people aren't tracking the fact that Han and Leia 
and Ben had a whole they had a whole life all together. It happened, right? Yeah. And both Leia and Han made the wrong choices. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, like, you know how it went. You know how the conversation went of like, there's something wrong with Ben. It's something to do with the like he's a Jedi, and Leia was yeah. like, Luke, we got to send him to Luke, and Han was like, No, he's my son. I'll fix it. Yeah. And Leia was like, No, you won't fix it. We're sending him to Luke. Yeah. And and that's the reason that they split. Yeah. Right? Is yeah. that like that happens, and then it goes wrong, and then Han goes, I was right. Like yeah. Luke couldn't solve, and yeah, and then goes away, and for twenty odd years or fifteen years, spends the rest of his life going like. I guarantee he every night is sitting up like looking at the ceiling of whatever yeah. crew quarters he's in thinking about, I should have said this. I should have done this. Yeah, I, I shouldn't have let this. him do yeah. that when he was a kid. Yeah. We shouldn't have raised him in that city. We should have raised him somewhere. Like, yeah, yeah. like it's, it's Han Solo. It's his yeah. whole, like his whole thing. He's just double thinking yeah. everything until this kid comes into his life, this girl. And he's like, how is this happening to me again? (laughs) How? How? (laughs) And that's the, when he realizes, I think like he looks at it and goes like, I know where this is going. We're going to go to this base. I'm Mm going to get us on there. We're going to shut down the shield. There's no way I'm coming back. Right. Like he knows in the same way that Obi-Wan knows if I, that that's no moon, that's a space station. Darth Vader is there. This is me. Yeah. See you later, yeah. kid. Uh, in yeah. a in in six months, I'll tell you to go find Yoda. Like, yeah. it, yeah. it like it, Han knows. He mm-hmm. knows by the end of this movie that he's going off to his death. Mm-hmm. Certainly, once he realizes yeah. that Ben is there and yeah. he walks out on that thing, he knows that he's not coming back from that. Like, it's a very if 3PO were there to tell him the odds, he'd be like, yeah, I know that yeah. it's 7 million to one or whatever, um, that, that this is going to work, but it's his son and he has to try. And regardless, he has to be there for him and blah, blah, blah all that. And then, I mean, like it's, it, it's tragic the way that it happens and every, and it's no good. I don't want Han Solo to die, but it's also appropriate that he dies. And, that and it's, that's and that how he the knows, story is supposed to work. And the thing that's the most beautiful about that moment is that he knows he was like there was a 50 50 there was something that and like he he's not surprised by yeah. being killed by ben well in his and last the, like, his last act yeah he puts like, his hand on like, ben's face him, as yeah. he falls and yeah. it's like it is exactly that yeah. he's basically saying like i i yeah. forgive you son yeah. right um and then in the last jedi luke yeah. confronting him and being like you, you know you killed your father and he's always like because you did that he will always, always be with yeah, you yeah like you yeah. you made that choice like yeah. it's that light the light side is always going to be tugging at you because, because in yeah. a metaphorical sense but it's star wars in a very real sense yeah. that han solo left an impression yeah. on Ben's soul in that you moment really made of me cry. Like, i'm just like thinking about it and i'm like oh my of like, like and that's so Kylo Ren's always going to be conflicted. Yeah. And I think that we'll see the the culmination of that in in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. But oh, and Ray's going to jump over that thing and it's going to be so cool. It's going to be pretty oh, cool. It's going to be a so good movie. I'm so excited. I just I get jazzed about Star Wars. It's super fun. I like I like really fun stories and it just mm-hmm. the the Force Awakens like made it like fun again and it just like yeah. 
Well, it just came back and it just gave us what yeah. we wanted from the prequels, yeah. right? Yeah, like yeah. it it told a Star Wars story whereas yeah. the prequels I think were very pointedly different yeah. from the original yeah. films because George Lucas didn't want to repeat himself, mm-hmm. yeah. right? But you let other people now step in and do it for him and Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I I I think that he was browbeaten into submission, yeah. but but yeah, I mean, thankfully, yeah. you know, I yeah. He appointed the right person. Yeah. I think that that's the key is that Kathleen Kennedy is the right person for mm-hmm. this era in the same mm-hmm. way that Kevin Feige is the right person for yeah. for Marvel. Um, and people act like Marvel was always what firing on all cylinders. Oh, yeah. no, no. <laughs> it wasn't until phase two after <laughs> Avengers that that stuff really started to kick into gear. Yeah. And even then, the first movie after Avengers is Iron Man 3, which is, to many people, one of the worst MCU yeah. movies. I don't understand that. I think it's fantastic. Isn't Dark movie. World also in Phase 2 or Dark something? World yeah. is also in Phase 2. Oh. And there's some rocky stuff in there. Yeah. Uh, that, but, like, throughout Phase 1 and then in the, the mm-hmm. beginning of Phase 2, and it's not really until Phase 3 that it's, like, in Phase 3, every movie was awesome. Yeah. But you like take some getting there, and the idea you that figure it's, out what the rhythm all is. of the different things too that I think people forget about the different things that Feige, Feige, anyways, Feige, Feige yeah. like greenlit. But like Big Hero Six is one of the greatest things I think that Marvel yeah. did over the last few. But like the idea of taking those properties and and whatever he gave it to like the four people or whatever four people came in and he's like you can take any back catalog you want. Yeah, and that whatever one of them was Guardians of the Galaxy and one of them was Big Hero Six and I forget what the other two were that they that he was just like you can take these and and play with them and then they did which is really awesome well i think one of them was supposed to be the inhumans which actually was supposed to come out last week oh, <laughs> when they announced phase three the oh, inhumans yeah, was, was in one of them. Oh. phase three and it was like i think it was like july 12th or something like Ooh. that 2019 so that, that movie happen. never happened <laughs> um yeah uh, well, you gotta know when to when to say no too so yeah it's good well i think what happened with that is that they got that the fox stuff started happening right and then they're like, and well, they went oh that. we don't need the fake mutants yeah. we're gonna get the real mutants back yeah. just put them in agents of shield nobody's watching that anyways uh is that so and that show's still happening which i found it's out the because last season there was a comic-con panel and i was like how is there still yeah yeah okay. it's ending now um yeah the force awakens is there anything else that we need to say before we rank it i don't think I mean, no. I mean, we could keep talking about it, but I think we've sort of covered all of the mm-hmm. the major bases. I will probably come back to a lot of stuff when we talk about the Last Jedi next. Oh yeah, week. for sure, because it'll it, they both feed into each other yeah. so well in a way that I really hope Rise of Skywalker does as well. Mm-hmm. And I I fully am okay with people not liking these movies because I always stick to this. I was like, they weren't made for you. They were made for me. And that's my biggest like comeback to yeah. that kind of stuff. And I'm like, sure, that makes me intrinsically selfish and very Kylo Ren of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like these movies were made for fans exactly like me. And I just mm-hmm. got everything I wanted out of them. So Well, that's how I feel about Solo, right? When people gripe about Solo, I'm like, what is your problem? This is a perfect adaptation of the Brian Daly Han Solo adventure stories. It's full of easter eggs that only fans of the clone wars and star wars rebels are gonna get yeah darth maul at the end of it it's like if you didn't watch the clone wars and star wars rebels you're like what yeah darth maul's alive like that's such a surprise but 
then like when i watch solo and get to the end of that movie and it's darth maul i'm like oh my god i'm such an idiot for not seeing that okay, and you're like yeah like, this is like, like for you yeah crimson dawn like yeah. the the symbol the i um uh dryden voss's facial scars and his weapons it's oh, like right. there are all these hints that darth maul is behind all of this right. the just, entire yeah. time and you're just like i don't really know it's like the pike syndicate being involved in it like all of this <laughs> stuff if you're a animated star wars fan you should have seen it coming but um, also, and like, there's a lot of reasons why it's a good surprise, but, <laughs> but like when you look back through the movie, you're like, there are all of these great hints at it, which is so, cool. um, which like, yeah. that's only there because it's written by John and Lawrence Kasdan, yeah. who are like, like you've got Lawrence right Kasdan, who's the yeah. legacy of Star Wars. And you've got John Kasdan, who is a fan like we are, who mm-hmm. wrote a Star Wars movie for fans like us. And then fans like us are the ones who crapped all over that yeah, movie. Didn't even close. bother going to see it. As I used to go and see all the Marvel movies, all the Star Wars movies with my friend Jeff. And then The Last Jedi happened, and he didn't like it. And then when Solo came around, I was like, I'm going to grab tickets. Like, do you want tickets? And he was like, no, I'm not going to go see it. And I was like, was you're David. not going to go see a Star Wars movie? He's like, yeah. no, it doesn't look good. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, I don't, I think this is where we part ways. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, like, honestly, that decision strain on a friendship. <laughs> He's never going to listen to this. So I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> but like, it's, it's rough. Like, yeah. it's like, yeah. we used to have this thing in common. And I think with so many Star Wars fans, we had this thing in common. And then, these last couple movies it's like i don't know i don't know what happened but i think you're right it's like these movies like it's not for you and that needs to be okay it needs to but the problem is that those people are not okay with star wars movies not being for them anymore mm-hmm. right they want it to just be a bunch of guys running around with laser swords and machine guns and rocket launchers killing robots mm-hmm. and i was like that's not that's not that's not where it's at and also those wouldn't be good movies <laughs> like it's uh when those guys wanted to remake the last jedi right like oh. there was the petition or whatever it's like i Ugh. i really wanted them to, to get it to so make the, that movie again like, to so that i could sit and watch that and go this is an unadulterated piece of garbage <laughs> you're not a good filmmaker you should be ashamed that you did this the Last Jedi is a much better movie than anything you're ever going to be capable of doing. But, um, I mean, like, they proved the, that point by just getting a bunch of people to sign that petition and then just disappearing. Yeah. Um, I think there was one person who... No, that was a Donald Trump thing, wasn't it? Where that guy was like... That, that guy went on Kickstarter and was like, I'm going to do this thing to support Trump and build the wall or whatever. Oh. And he did that Kickstarter and a bunch of people gave him a bunch of money and it raised like... He raised like half a million dollars on his Kickstarter oh God, yeah. and then he just disappeared <laughs> with the money. And I was like, yep, that tracks. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, tracks. Yeah, yeah. He's clearly a Trump supporter because <laughs> he just took everybody's money and ran away at the first opportunity. Um had no intention of building any wall. Uh, yeah, Trump supporters and Star Wars haters are they're <laughs> kind of on the same yeah. level. Uh, cool. Well, now that we've insulted a whole bunch of people, <laughs> nobody that's listening to this podcast. I uh, that's it. I think we need to rank 
the force awakens in the star wars let's do it this way better than the prequels yes better than a new hope yes yeah i think yeah, so yeah. better than empire yeah well yes because we know my opinion on empire yeah so. better than the return of the jedi so this is the this is the difficult this is where part it gets tricky but it's having just watched them back to back and the idea yeah. that and i talked about this previously about not having as many connections to things in return of the jedi like as much as like like Leia and Han were like really cool and their relationship was really awesome. It's Luke's story and mm-hmm. they're like all sort of around it. And I never connected with Luke as a character ever throughout yeah. the like stories. There's just something so um visceral to being able to connect so like it's it's why you create stories. Like it's why we say representation matters to see yourself reflected in a way that like mm-hmm. some something doesn't. Like I, I don't know. I just there's something so um relatable about the force awakens and about ray and about and about the story that is being told in that mm-hmm. movie that i think that especially now like my opinion might have been different before the last jedi but knowing how much these new movies are speaking so much to me and my experience and my film going tastes and yeah. how that has evolved and the idea of like reinforcing in a way that like as a child and loving star wars I did not identify as a nerd. I did not understand that liking Star Wars made me in any way a science fiction fan. Like, I just didn't equate those things. And now to be like, I relate so much to Star Wars and the community and the people and the and the storytelling that there's just something unequivocal about about The Force Awakens and about The Last Jedi and about these new these new movies that are speaking to me in a way mm-hmm. that like as a kid, the originals didn't. So for those reasons, I would say that I think the the Force Awakens is better than Jedi. Yeah, I think I think the key is that um, this is one of those things where people I think when you do a ranking, people get get riled up because mm-hmm. they think that uh, that once you've ranked something, that's it. Oh yeah, no, that's the oh, ranking, yeah. Yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's like no, it's 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, 20 years after uh, The Phantom Menace this year. Mm-hmm. That's where we're at with Star Wars at the moment. And in 2019, The Force Awakens, with the perspective that we have right now, with everything that's going on and how important it is mm-hmm. and how timely the story is and the characters um, and the, the, the way that it's written, the way that it's structured, it's, un- it's, a, it's a better movie than... Return of the Jedi. Mm. And maybe that's something that will change with time. And yeah. and as these other movies come out, the ranking shifts, right? And Star Wars changes. It changes with perspective. And the biggest thing is The Rise of Skywalker has the ability to make or break these latter two movies yep. for me. Because it can change so much. Like Because we say we're talking about The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi in a way that we didn't talk about sort of empire and jedi together or empire and new hope like they're not sort of tied together in the same way i feel like the this new trilogy is very much Mm -hmm. but also we are as viewers more attuned to long-form narratives now than we ever were right and so they built these movies to speak to one another in a way that the original trilogy and the prequels didn't speak to each other so much in the same way and the gaps in time between the first ones right like that you really are like this linear narrative i'm actually really curious about the rise rise of skywalker how far it'll jump or if at all because it's a a few years it's a few years okay okay cool because 
that'll be sort of unique in it as well. Like the yeah. like the the subtle things that they're doing with Rise of Skywalker could color these other two movies that after that it could immediately shift yeah. my whole ranking again. But for right now and for where we're going. Yeah, I think it's supposed yet. to be like a year and a half to two years or something like okay. that after The cool. Last Jedi. So Tatooine years or Earth years. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, I think look look, uh my daughter's name is Kara Ray. Yeah. Like that, it's, it's, and that was in 2016. That was pretty immediately after the force awakens. Um, that character, it's really difficult to come into something like star Wars for a fan like myself and redefine my love of other characters. Mm -hmm. And, uh, there was a turning point for me. I, it's actually every, every year it comes up on my Facebook as a post that I made Mm -hmm. where I, uh, it was after I got the, the, actually, I don't even think it was when I got the mythos statue. I think it was when I got, um, there's a, uh, Kotobukiya Obi-Wan Kenobi statue that I got that, um, of old Obi-Wan and, I remember like I got it and I put it up on the shelf with the other Obi-Wans and took a picture of it to post on Facebook and then like had a realization and posted it where I was like, I don't think I can say that it's a dead heat, like that it's a tie between Han Solo and Obi-Wan Kenobi anymore. Obi-Wan is my favorite Star Wars character. That took years. Yeah. Yeah, after yeah. the prequels and mm-hmm. that was in the midst of the clone wars and mm-hmm. all of that 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 changed for me and that character became my favorite star wars character prior to the prequels i would have said han solo mm-hmm. even in the midst of the prequels it wasn't really until after yeah. attack of the clones a little while after attack of the clones and then really into revenge of the sith where i was like oh yeah obi-wan's awesome because mm-hmm. he's not awesome in the phantom menace <laughs> he's barely yeah. in yeah. it um but then The Force Awakens comes out, and I'm, like, going into it. I'm like, man, this Poe Dameron character sounds like it's going to be really cool. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, like, how is he going to how is he gonna make it past Luke Skywalker and Han Solo? And yeah. how is he going to make it past Mace Windu? And, yeah, yeah. Like, like, just, like, all Kit Fisto and, like, yeah. all these characters from all these other Star Wars things. And even at that point competing with... Uh, characters from Star Wars Rebels like Kanan Jarrus and like this is the thing where I'm at now today if you ask me who are your top three Star Wars characters it's Obi-Wan Kenobi is number one Kanan Jarrus is number two who's from Star Wars Rebels from one of the animated shows and then Poe Dameron's number three yeah Han Solo and Luke are not even in the top three they like that would be my top five is then you go Han Solo and then Luke Skywalker like that's, that's big deal. Yeah. crazy that this yeah. movie had the ability to put and then the and then the last jedi reinforces that mm-hmm. other people don't like poe dameron's story i love it we will talk at length about it next week i think that his story is really really great i will say we didn't talk about the the best moment in this movie in the last in the force awakens for mm-hmm. me is when the the big wide shot of the of him flying through and then and then Finn going that's well one hell of a pilot like that yes. that sequence is just it's beautiful every time it it's comes on so you just, I just have to stop and watch I, it because the, I I don't know how many times I've seen the Force Awakens at this point yeah. like I have watched many, that movie many, yeah. in bits and pieces over yeah. the last four years so many times that it's yeah. got to be in like the twenty thirty yeah. range of times that I've seen this movie from start to finish 
it doesn't matter. Every time I watch this movie, that scene, talking about it right now, the hair on my arm stands on end. I get the tinglys in a way that like the Battle of Hoth does it for me. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, like nothing really in the prequels, I guess. (laughs) But like there are moments in Clone Wars and and Star Wars Rebels that would be very similar. Mm -hmm. Um, But that is actually my favorite shot in Mm -hmm. All of Star Wars. Oh yeah, it's just it's so well it's done. It's so good. It's yeah. so good. Um, and watching it yesterday, like I yeah. And it's such a perfect amalgamation of, of the VFX and the tangibility of the like yeah. acting and the and the set and the like. It's just yeah. there's it's practical such, effects. There's there's yeah. visual effects. Yeah, it all yeah. kind of comes together, and it's a great yeah. and it's it's a great character moment for the two of them because yeah. it's yeah. it's this uh, it's this moment where Finn recognizes his friend yeah. who he was friends with for five minutes. Yeah. Really? While they yeah. were escaping this thing, but then like, oh man! And then when they see each other Aww, afterwards, so and they good. realize that they're both still alive, yeah. and Aww, so it's so good. That's why I'm so excited for Rise. Yeah, Rise Aww. is gonna be so good because it's gonna be the three of them together, Aww, and that excited, dynamic yeah. for the first time. Um, I'm so excited for that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, The Force Awakens is my number one. Yeah, for now. Cool. So good. Uh, it goes Phantom Menace. It just goes in reverse order. <laughs> reverse order right now. But next week we're going to talk about The Last Jedi, and mm-hmm. I think it's going to break that order. Oh, probably. I think it's probably going to break that order. Uh, yeah. And then, obviously, um, in December we'll talk about Rise of Skywalker. But it's going to be really difficult because these movies require time to digest. Yeah. So I think that we're definitely going to have our spoiler cast and stuff. I don't think we're going to rank – Rise of Skywalker oh, right later. away. Yeah, yeah. I think we should wait until it comes out on Blu-ray. I think so. It's and that's when so we, we should can watch it, it a couple other times, like yeah. at, in our homes, yeah. make it a little bit more of an even playing field. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, cool. But we will have other stuff to rank. We did have an email, um, and and the the subject of the email was basically the idea of the way that we're doing the rankings. When we start doing the rankings, uh, it was from Daniel Walsh. When we start doing the rankings in January after mm-hmm. Quiver is done and we start we start doing mm-hmm. that, it, Star, uh, it's not Star Wars ranked. Uh, Thunderquack ranked will be its own show, like mm-hmm. how Thunderquack reviewed is its own right. other thing. It'll have a format and stuff. Um, and it's actually going to have more than just myself and Amanda on it. Yeah. We're, we'll have other hosts as well. So that will be a little bit more discussion. But we are not going to do movies as they come out. Star Wars we're doing, it's kind of a different situation. But we're going to go back and we're going to do franchises that are already complete. Yeah. So it just like allows us to be a little yeah, bit more like. I'll tell you right now, the first one that we're going to do is Harry Potter. Okay, good. I was going to say, please say Harry Potter. Yeah. So in January, <laughs> yeah. when we come back and when we start doing That's that show eight. and we figure out what that format eight is and the way that it works. I'm so excited. Yeah. We're <gasps> going to do Harry Potter. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. That means I can't watch any more Harry Potter for the rest of the year so that I can watch them all. I cannot remember the last time I watched um, Philosopher's Stone. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited already. I did just watch when they were on Netflix. I watched from like six through six through eight, maybe even five. No, I don't think I watched a five, but the first five movies then I haven't seen in a real long time. So I'm excited. They're all good. So, uh, cool. Well, that's it for this episode of the thunder quack podcast. Uh, that's our ranking thus far of the star Wars Skywalker saga. Um, thank you for listening. Of course, uh, you can head to thunderquack.com to stay up to date 
with the latest in Thunderquag and check out all the other great podcasts in the network. Um, and uh, if you like what you hear, you can support us in two. Oh, no, sorry. I keep skipping it. Oh. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thunderquack. Just, is it just slash thunderquack? I think so. Facebook.com slash thunderquack. On yeah. Twitter at thunderquacknet and <laughs> on so good at this yeah and on on instagram i think it's that thunderquack podcast yeah um you can also follow us individually on twitter and uh i'm at aconkin a-k-o-n-k-i-n you can add an 86 to that for instagram which i will actually be using this week because i'll be at comic-con i'm also hoping that i can get access to the thunderquack so that i can be using some of their social medias as well um yeah and you can follow me on twitter and instagram at arkwolf a-r-k-w-u-l-f uh, and if you like what you hear, of course, you can support us in two ways. First, by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merchandise. I need to do some new designs and put them into that store. I yeah. haven't put anything new in there in a long time. I'd love to get some new designs. Yeah. Um, and uh, the other way is by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack and kicking in with your monthly pledge of support. A dollar gets you early access to the Thunderquack podcast. It gets you access to the exclusive Facebook group. Uh, and and it's gonna get you access to a bunch of random stuff from Comic Con <laughs> when Amanda's there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So maybe some maybe some live streaming. Ooh, it's exciting. I hope so. Um. And for five dollars, you can get the uncut version of the Thunderquack podcast every Tuesday, uh, on Patreon. So uh, Patreon.com/slash/Thunderquack. Thank you to everybody who does support us over there. And uh, that's it for this yeah. week's episode. We'll see you guys next week. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first?